Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Well, here we are again. Well, well, well. Well, 
what Nancy says. If you can't beat them, nuke them. It's my, my very best Ronald Reagan impersonation. Mm, that is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I used to have a whole, uh, there was a book that came out. I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but uh, it had, it was kind of like Garbage Pail Kids in a way, like before Garbage Pail Kids, because it was like, it was just plays on people's names. So there was Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. or Ronald's Reagan, and it was a picture of a little like, you know, phaser from Star Trek or whatever. There was Johnny's Cash, just a pile of money, mm-hmm. right? you know, famous people, but like f- pictures of their name that weren't really there. Right. picture or whatever had a whole whole book of that you know every time i think of ronald reagan i can't help but think of the star wars project <laughs> yeah now, not the films <laughs> yeah yeah now honestly people really should have seen it coming when all the conspiracies ended up being real i mean the things that are part of official history are things like the star wars project which is, we will put a laser in space, Mr. President. Space lasers. Space lasers called the Star Wars Project. Like, he literally put a fucking death ray. Well, he tried, yeah. at least, officially. You see, the lasers will shoot down the Russian missiles in the air on their way towards us. Right. I think that was the, about the, the summary of the many, uh, you know, uh-huh. presidential addresses that were given on the subject. I, I've been reminded recently that putting space in front of things makes it cooler. Mm. Right? Like, this isn't a letter opener. It's a space letter opener. <laughs> right? It's this, true. This isn't, a, this isn't a podcast or a live streaming show. It's a space podcast. Hey, man, lasers used to be cool. Clearly, it's not enough now. They got to be space lasers. Well, okay, right. Yeah, exactly, right? It's not a car. It's a space car an intensifier right there uh, yeah if you add the word space in front of it right you know you you find a, a new girl you want to date you're like no let's go on a space date <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means hey i would love to go on a space date come on who wouldn't <laughs> okay uh this ooh, is oh this is beard talk there's Life. also a time date that's how you really get the girls well What'll really fuck with you is the interdimensional date. Oh, that <laughs> will fuck with you. Uh, 603-283-6160 is the phone number. Uh, I'm sure you'll be calling, and if not, we'll do a show anyway. Uh, we have to do something before we get started. Fuck. Wait, wait, wait. Why do we do this show, Peakless uh. Mountaineer? Why do we do this show? Because fuck, fuck the FCC. FCC. That's right. Fucking assholes. Bastards. Um, Previously on Beard Talk Live. uh, I think we had, didn't we have Richie Rich in here once? No, 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 no. But we had talked about uh, fighting words at some point. Uh, What fighting words are, like legally. Mm. Right? Apparently. And I didn't know this until I learned. Yeah, one of the, yeah. one of the few excuses of uh, the The initiation of, of violence, right? Yeah, yeah. They say, okay, at this point, you, you've crossed into violence. Right. And I mean, I, I will say that threats are definitely not speech. So, so just like I can tune up the, the, the volume on just talking to you but if i tune that volume up high enough i'm going to make your ears bleed if i tune it high enough i can kill you right none of that would be speech obviously there is a way to use speech 
as a weapon because everything can be used as a weapon. Well, and, you know, the state is very good at using speech as a weapon by mm-hmm. the, the way they create new and interesting terminology that mm-hmm. didn't exist before. You know, their excuse. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Bidenomics. They're trying uh, to make that happen. Well, they stole that from Reaganomics. Oh, my God. Like, did they ever? Shit, man. Yeah, no, did that's they have, exactly what they're trying did to they do. They're have like, Clint- yeah, he's, he's just as, hey, we had an ancient, old, decrepit man before, and he was great. <laughs> did they have Clintonomics and Obamanomics and Bushnomics? They, they did no, not. They didn't. They did not. Right? Obamanomics actually sounds pr- like it's- a, It sounds that, amazing. That would roll off the tongue real easily, right? It does. Uh, my favorite word to say uh, surrounding Obama and his presidency, of course, is uh, the abomination. Mm. <laughs> like abomination, but just with him. It's a fact. Totally an abomination. Yeah. Uh, Obama, right? That's mm. another one of my... I didn't invent that, obviously. I don't know well, who did. Well, I believe but... that would be him that invented that. Well, okay. That's I fair. I mean, he did drone bomb more than anybody ever. <laughs> it's still stuck in my head. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday, maybe. Somebody brought it up. But um, <laughs> Obama gives a speech at some dinner, right? Some hoity thing that's, mm. you know, 10 grand a plate or something oh, yeah. or more or whatever. Uh, probably more than that. But he gives some sort of a speech at, at this thing, and and he's talking about uh, his his daughter going into her into her teen years, and and she's starting to date, right? And uh, he says something along the lines. I'm paraphrasing, but it, it goes something like somebody asks him a question. Uh, you know, what, how, how are you handling your daughter now that she's of the age of dating? I guess something leaked into the press that she's got a boyfriend or something, and she's like 16 or something. Mm. Not uncommon, right? Mm. Uh, and he goes, uh, I have two words for anyone who dates my daughter, predator drone, right? Now, could he have been joking? Certainly, right? Likely. I know one boy who certainly hopes he was. Likely, yeah. But, like, threatening... Uh, so here's so here's the an thing. underage that, kid with a predator drone. You know, is just a classless fucking act. Well, it's a variation on the old joke of it's you the know, shotgun thing. Right, I know, right, right? I got a show with your name is, on it, boy. The thing is, the reason that that's a joke is because it's not actually happening. And you see, if I go to the door with a shotgun and like decide I'm just gonna shoot you, yeah. I probably won't get away with that. Whereas, if Obama decides that a predator drone needs to land in your living room... He can do it. He not only can do it, he'll probably win a fucking Nobel Peace Prize doing it. Yeah. Uh, Because that's what happened the last time. I have something else to talk about, about uh, fighting words. But uh, since, you know, we can, let's do this. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Oh, uh, hey there. Uh, my name is uh, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Uh, you are on Beard Talk Live, the after show, if you will, or the show that comes after Free Talk Live. It's the same phone number. We are in the same studio. It's just that we're not on the radio right now. We are uncensored online only, so we can cuss and stuff like that, okay? Oh, that's fucking fantastic. Fucking All sweet. Right. All right. So, so what, first what, question, do you have a beard? Uh, no, I do not. I fall under the category of the, the Chia Pet. I'm the Chia Pet variety, and it's a little too sparse. So no, unfortunately, mm. I've tried, and it's terrible. Well, right. well. You'll, you'll have to be using our honorary guest beard. 
I'm just going to send the, oh, the oh. spiritual essence of our in-studio guest beard. Through the wires you. and everything so that, you know, to your phone so that now you've received this uh, non-physical guest beard to wear during the duration of your call. Should you choose to accept so it's, it's, it? it, it no, it, it's, it's kind of itchy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, we know he got it's it. It's really cheap. <laughs> hey, it worked. It was like a, du- I think Mark got it for us at like the Dollar Tree or something. I don't even know, man. Uh, so what'd you call about? Okay, so there's a lot of, um, a lot of states now are, their, uh, their marijuana laws and marijuana is becoming legalized. Mm-hmm. In a lot of states, thank God, and that sort of thing. But uh, the, so there's an unintended consequence of that. Is uh, now I'm calling from Canada. There are a lot of unintended where we consequences. have where we have legalization here now. Mm-hmm. And the problem is now with what has happened is the, also the rules of engagement of uh, of uh, with with the police engaging the public. Yeah. is that has changed as well. They passed a specific bill. I don't recall the bill off the top of my head. But, um, okay, so for example, you know, before you had to, there had to be cause, right? There's whatever term that is, broken headlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Probable cause light. or like, something, yeah. Probable cause, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to, for them to pull you over and then, and then you know, away they go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is gone. This that bill that was passed here, uh, all of that is gone. Twenty four, twenty four seven, three sixty five. You can ugly. be pulled. You can be pulled over at any at any time. So day or night, uh, where you will you are required to to whatever test that they have a blood test. Yes, they're drawing blood now. Uh, saliva test wow. and or or breath and or breathalyzer again well, any time. So you Nine, live... ninety-year-old granny going going for growing for groceries, or uh, you know, some stiff going to work. It, it it doesn't matter, and that is only because of the marijuana the the marijuana legalization. No, so no, 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 no. That is not only be be... no, careful. no. Listen to me, man. That is not only because of the marijuana legalization. The fact well, is no, that no, Canada has like... become an absolute fucking police state nightmare. And the fact that you haven't clued into that since the trucker protest is kind of concerning. I mean, seriously. Oh, no, no, no. I know. Listen, I am fully. Right. This, no, no, this am, is more than just the legalization of of marijuana, is what I'm saying. He's like, saying the piece of legislation that sort of makes it uh, legally okay for them to pull anybody over at any time happened as a, it was passed within the marijuana legalization bill. Is oh, that it was correct? within the bill. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. That, okay. That, that's where I'm. That's where I'm going with wow. it. Wow. That, yes, exactly. That They uh, slipped that in. Yeah, they hide a bunch of shit in right. these bills, right? And, like, one, one thing that makes me think that uh, there is a sort of a global conspiracy, if you will, to, I, I don't know, uh, you know, make everybody a debt slave of, of, you know, some small group of people is because of shit like Canada, right? Uh, I'm not trying to diss right. on, on, no, on your home or anything. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. But because, like, you would think that Canada would just sort of be its own thing, independent of Switzerland-ish, you know what I mean? But no, it's just right there, lockstep with, like, us and Australia and, you know, all these other places that, you know, these westernized places, even five Europe. Eyes, five eyes. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, like you would think that, that there would be one place that wasn't lockstep with, you know, sort of this police state, you know, growth. But no, it's right there with it. And so it's happening around the globe simultaneously. And that's what sort of bothers me the most, I guess. Well, hold on. Right. So- see, oh, 
So if they pass this as part of, of uh, the marijuana law, it's very simple what they're saying. Like, okay, we will let you have your pot. Now here's the thing that you're going to need to forget. Uh-huh. And look, right, if they're exactly. if they're if they're going to accept this, then I mean it's kind of their fault at this point. Like, okay, if this is what you're willing to give up for pot, I mean, raise a hubbub for crying out loud. Preferably leave. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. And I'm just like you say. There's there's been a lot of talk, and there's movement in the United States now with all the you know individual jurisdictions, you know, uh, going going with legalization. Yeah. Don't fall into the trap. Be very careful. Pay attention to what's to what's in the bill. Not just what's in, not only what's in the bill, because this is also a separate bill for the RCMP. It's a specific set of legislation separate from. Yeah, again, using one to bolster the other. Sure. So just let's make sure that that doesn't happen, you know, in any more jurisdictions, you know. Well, I'm just I'm just sounding the alarm, everyone. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. So- and and alarm sounded. I know, uh, Peakless, you're uh, Colorado. You've spent a bunch of time in Colorado. I spent a bunch of time in Washington State, the t- first two states mm-hmm. to legalize, quote unquote, marijuana. Uh, that's not really what they did. They're using the wrong terminology. What they did is they created a bunch of state run entities, growers, distributors and retailers. They created a licensure process, uh, and 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 they figured out how to get people to voluntary voluntarily work for them to do all the work, claim it's their business. Uh, these are very much state-run operations who dictate everything without ever having invested a fucking penny, or lifted a finger to help construct a thing, or dig a trench, or you know put up a grow light, or whatever it is. The distributors are taxed at thirty percent. The uh, uh, sorry, the growers are taxed at 30%, the distributors another 30%, and then the retailers are taxed at 30%. You do the math. Uh, they also prohibit uh, you from uh, doing any two of those things, much less all three. So if you do one, that's the only one you can do. You can only grow, or you can only distribute, or you can only retail. You can't do two out of or three of those three things. See, and that... And that is what, that is how, I believe how Amsterdam, I, I was there in 2001. Okay. And I, the way it was described to me, uh, basically it's the, the intro to Pulp Fiction is quite, <laughs> at the time was quite, it's pretty much spot on. Love that movie. About how their rules are. But, going, but further going to your point about um, how they do uh, uh, being able to grow and to sell. Well, no, the license, as I understand, the license you would get would be to set up the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And then from t- tied to that business, you would grow your own stuff. Hmm. So in the back, that's room, different that than the here. Grow room was in the back, and then the cell place was the coffee shop. But it was called a coffee shop. It wasn't called a grow house, right? And, and you know, and and and, and that's that's how I understand how it was done, and it, it seemed to be very successful. And I don't understand why. Well, no, I guess I understand why <laughs> other governments wouldn't do it. It's because the uh, they're, they're seeing how much money everybody's making. Oh yeah, of course. The little guys doing really, really well. So not of course they got to dip their fingers and screw with things. And not to mention yeah. taking a hefty chunk off the top for themselves and all their friends without lifting a finger or putting mm-hmm. a dime of effort into it. Um, the yeah. other thing that you, you mentioned coffee shops of Amsterdam. Now, w- what do you think is sort of the the most coffee centric place in the United States? 
most coffee-centric location. Well, I, I guess that would be Seattle. Seattle, Washington, right. famous for Starbucks, yeah, yeah, right? Okay, yeah, everybody gets right, that right, one. Right. Very good. Uh, and uh, marijuana has been legalized in Washington State for, I'm just going to guess, a decade, but maybe a little less than that, but around a decade, let's say. Let's just say 10 years for round numbers. Uh, guess what doesn't exist in Seattle, Washington? A coffee shop where you can buy and or smoke marijuana mm-hmm. while having your coffee. Interesting. Now, Interesting. Now, that's because of the government regulations. The government mm-hmm. regulations are so right, strict right. and so tight that every fucking store has to look exactly, not exactly, but almost exactly like every other fucking store. And if they don't, they can get shut down. Yeah. They're yeah, very, very uh, clinical. It yeah. feels like walking into a doctor's office. Things aren't displayed in like a fun and interesting way. It's all just very cookie cutter, very square. You only get one glass case in front of you. You got to have stuff on the shelf behind you. It's got to be sealed off on either side so people can't wander around behind the, the desk and all that. There's rarely a place to sit down. There's usually one of those, uh, uh, what are they called, with the stanchions, the like, the things that you use for people to wait in line in a zigzag. Oh, the the little velvety rope ones. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, usually they got that kind of a thing deployed, so that if they they get a crowd or something, they can manage them appropriately, herd mm-hmm. them like cattle. You know, uh, they Man. can only serve two customers at a time. The humans, no more than two. Uh, at a time, so they can, you know, they're, they're limited to how much traffic they can process because they can only have two people checking people out, taking their orders and stuff at a time. Uh, so and this is and this and and this is pre-COVID. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Very okay, much yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to go to a little place, uh, brilliantly named, called the Pot Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, there right? You go. Uh, somebody was really thinking. And, um, like, man, they tried, right? They would decorate the outside of their store differently, right? They would you know, have different colored, you know, uh, plants or flowers, stuff like that, arranged differently in, like, a peace sign or, like, uh, they'd make, like, a hippie bouquet or something like that uh, with, like, a Grateful Dead skull and, like, put that. that all, all the stuff that they could do that was unique was outside of the store. They couldn't do anything unique and fun inside the store. Uh, and so they did what they could. Uh, with regards to that, but you go in the store and you're like, oh, this looks just like every other fucking weed store everywhere in fucking Washington state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, in, there was a similar situation in a, in a community up North and this is happening all over the place too. So if you, to apply for a cannabis license, if you want to set up a shop somewhere, you have to be, I can't remember exactly what the, uh, the diameter is, but you can't, you can't have a school within a certain oh, diameter radius or whatever, yeah. your shop, right? Mm-hmm. This, uh, the one specific, the ones, it was like, I don't know, I think, let's say it's, let's say it's um, uh, f- 700 feet. This one was 600 feet. And they're just like, come on, come wow. on, let's do it. And the reason they said that was because, you know what, guess what was right across the street from that school? Uh, the, the government liquor store. Oh, right, right. So they can look at the government liquor store all that they want, but uh, if you want to have a have a mar- little little tiny uh, tiny uh, you know sign, you know, wonder, saying you sell marijuana, well, no, 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 can't do that. 
This doesn't. It's have- really weird how they've what they've done with with marijuana and how and how alcohol is is completely you know it's still pretty wild west and you know there's no I don't think there'd be any problem I don't know and again the I'm other just thing glad too, that we don't have any of the, is- any of this bullshit at all here in New Hampshire now I'll grant we <laughs> it's still illegal here but fuck it man wow, at least yeah. my black market provides for me. Well, it is decriminalized here, which means it's going to be the lowest prosecutable offense. Currently, possession under, I don't know what the amount is, I'm guessing an ounce or something like that, uh, is just so, a okay, ticket. So now, now, in a, now, in a situation like that, let's say you're driving down the road and the guy has, you know, the, the lowest possible thing. So he gets pulled over and he gets found with whatever. He's got two joints. He's going to a party. He's got mm-hmm. two joints on him. Some small amount. He's not a, sure. not a dealer, but just, you know, it's Joe Blow on the street. So a clearly what, what personal use happen? amount. Right. Well, so what would happen at this at this point well, in, it, in whatever jurisdiction? What what should happen according to the words written on paper? Um, nothing should happen. Uh, what can happen? Uh, anything from, hey, those are joints. I'm giving you a ticket. And then, you know, maybe you can go fight it in court or whatever, like you do a parking ticket. Uh, or uh, they can be a dick and suspect you of DUI uh, and then make you do the, 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 the dance of shame. Mm-hmm. And then even if you pass with flying there, colors, yeah. they can haul you off and you know throw you in a cage for some period of time, uh, testing you again and again until they are satisfied that you are either uh, high or drunk or you're sober. So... Uh, and of course, you know these things can escalate if you, as the person in the car with the joints, if you resist them in any way, shape, or form, they purport the authority to end your life. Yeah. So it would just be so basically, it would be the same if a guy's got two beers with him. It's just it's yeah elevated to the same. Actually, yeah, having yeah, yeah, beers okay. would be probably more dangerous uh, if you if particularly if they were open. Uh, right, that would probably right, right. get you chucked in the in the can immediately without any sort of sobriety yeah, test or anything like that. That's, that's it's it's the so, same here too. But yeah, yeah, I have this great idea where we just have this world that doesn't have predators roaming every byway and lying in wait so that they can right. steal your resources, just waiting for you to drive by. I know it's a crazy idea. But I hear that, like, say, before 1970-some-odd, the world was not like this, that we didn't just have predators roaming the byways and highways seeking whom they may devour. Can you imagine? And, and let me tell you, like, it's even it, it's even as far north. It, it's up in the north here, too, those type of, uh, yeah. yeah, we have all of that, the new sort of mineral, because in the, in the, in the 60s, 70s, up here in northern Canada, where I'm at, it was a mineral boom. Everybody, they were mining. There was gold mines. There was copper mines. And, okay. and just it, it, they found all these resources, and everything was good. So it was like the mineral rush up here. Now what has happened is what's called, there's another rush. It's called the government rush. Mm-hmm. You get there is government jobs like crazy. Government has exploded don't think it's not just happening. You wouldn't think that it would happen in northern Canada. Oh, good God. That's the new, that's the new class. What is it? Some, one of your guys calls it the, uh, uh, the not the president. The, um, what class is that? The, the slave class? Oh, Jay Noon. Jay Noon, the pre, not the predator class. Oh, the, yeah. Um, parasite the, class. The parasite class, much. yes. Parasite. Yeah, that, yeah, I like to call them it, the cantillionaires. It's spread everywhere, fellas. I hate to tell it, it's spread everywhere. Yeah, I, I believe you. And uh, you are spot on with sounding that alarm. And I wish more people would, you know, sort of start shouting. Um, the good news is that yeah. uh, you, at least uh, in this particular context of tonight's show, 
uh, are what we like to call, or what I like to call, the second man. And so in any social movement, whenever there's you know a societal change fundamentally in how society functions, uh, there's always a movement, yeah, end of slavery, women's rights, stuff like that. Uh, there's always, you know, a, a, a person who is the first guy and he's like, Hey everybody, uh, owning people and forcing them to do whatever you want is wrong. Right? Like slavery. I, yeah. I'm against slavery and everybody, they laugh. Ha ha ha. Oh, you crazy kook or whatever. Right. And as uh, if we could ever do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, but then about about eight about seventeen eighteen years ago, yeah, I was that guy. Sure, but then but then there's uh, what we call the second man, and the second man is probably more important to any of these movements uh, than anything else because without the second man, you don't get the third man, the fourth man, the fifth man, right? The mm-hmm. idea just dies. But if the second man, uh, you know, recognizes that this guy's thought is valid and is also you know on board with you know sort of making a change in society. Hey, we could have a world without slavery. Right. So whether it's you specifically that are the second man or perhaps we're the second men, uh, you know, the fact is that there are second men all over the place. Canada, apparently. There are in Australia. There are in the U.S. There is in France. There is in Europe. There's even in Mexico, man. This is how I know, like, inflation across the board uh, is affecting the world, right? Particularly Mm -hmm. the U.S. inflation. Because... There's a bunch of expats down in Mexico who are also feeling the inflation. Uh, they're saying things like, uh, hey, uh, you know, it's not quite so inexpensive to live in Mexico anymore. Our rents oh, have gone man. up and our grocery bills have gone up and our utilities have gone up and, you know, everything's just sort of going up and up. Now, compared to the U.S., it's still lower cost to live there. But the people who've been there for, you know, let's say the last five or maybe ten years are noticing they're like, oh, man, you know, they're on fixed incomes, and that's why they went down there in the first fucking place because they want to make their money go as far as possible in retirement or whatever. And so they're like, shit, we have to readjust. We might have to move and find a cheaper place and, you know, make all these adjustments to their budget because, well, you know, what they thought they had was enough to last them the rest of their lives isn't because uh, the government just prints more out of fucking thin air. So, so, so hold yeah, on, hold on. I wanted to... Other- I, I actually really wanted to uh, bring up what's been uh, going on with the uh, the money printing bit. Because yeah. so at the moment, everything seems to be in this bull market. And that actually has me really worried. Because if this was, you know, just going to do like a regular kind of like even a deep depression, then it would just sort of go into a depression already. Yeah. I- but this is the kind of thing that happens right before like the crash. And I'm pretty sure it'll be on a nice, even keel until at least late September. But this honestly has me, like, I'm worried that the ride is about to get real bumpy. What's inflation like in Canada? Is the price of everything going going up? Absolutely. Now, now, (laughs) now, yeah, 100%. And so what we have now is we have a carbon tax. It's a a federal carbon tax. And it is now at um, 13 cents a liter. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't have my my conversion for you. That's fine. I know but, what the uh, leader is. A, that, it's a, it's it's a, <laughs> it's a significant. There's 3.78 liters in one U.S. gallon. Yep. So so 15 so 13 cents multiply that by 3.78, and that's how much is going on a gallon of of gasoline. 
Right. It'd be like uh, Here, around 40, 40 cents or something like that. Just So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there you go. So, yes, of course, inflation is going up because it's... Uh, because that's that's a big part of it. Get rid of that carbon tax, and you know, well, things are suddenly things can suddenly, you know, that's a big because that's a big expense. I assume Canada in movement, has a in uh, movement of goods, right? Canada has a central bank, right? Much like the, the U.S. Bank has of Canada, yes, which is like in, in lockstep with the Bank of England. Mark Carney, mm-hmm. Mark Carney turned out to be, you know, how how is it? Oh, the, the Bank of Canada, it's so very Canadian, and oh, the British Bank, you know, like whatever. Yeah. They're all they're all exactly the same. So how can one guy then loop well, into the other one like seamlessly? Like, <laughs> listen, like, come well, on, hold, hold on. They're not it's exactly club. they're not exactly the same, and it is a big club. But even a club can have factions. So at the moment, the the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, mm-hmm. and of course, as you point out, the, the Canadian Central Bank moves in lockstep with this. Now these. All of these central banks are moving in the direction to completely eliminate corporations from the earth by just subsuming all of their functions into government. And that includes and starts with uh, central banking, and uh, they want to make the world's central bank a government program rather than a corporate program. And that has started a war with the, uh, the central bank of the world reserve currency. Because they are fascist, and they want to stay fascist. They want to keep their corporatist structure, and they don't want the communist one. So there is a fight between those two right now. Like, that's part of why they're uh, cranking up the the interest rate, is so that, okay, well, this will hurt me, but it'll hurt you a hell of a lot more. Right, right. See, like, you would think that these, these people were would be intelligent enough to realize that, okay, BRICS, is what the BRICS nations are what 40 some percent of the world's population mm-hmm. yeah and then suddenly a group like that comes up and like nobody I, I don't know how what they uh what they planned on doing to combat this you know because again that's a major threat and you would think as a world reserve currency you would do something to you know sort of appease and keep things going where you know but no clearly they don't they're clearly they're psychopaths they want it all and well to hell with everybody else well honestly i am not even remotely concerned with uh, a brics currency like none of well, these countries have well, their no, shit that, together individually perhaps, they certainly can't get their shit together with each other i mean like even no, like okay happens. russia and china uh okay one of them is straight up communist the other is capitalist-ish, you know, corporate American-style fascist capitalist, but they can't agree on shit. Uh, uh, Russia is, like, absolutely a strongman paradise, and uh, China is all about the party. And, of course, they're, you know, select groups, but, like, man, they can't, they can't work well with each other. Not enough to agree on who's going to watch the gold and where they're going to put it and how they're going to move it. Like, these are huge problems that I don't think they have any chance of reconciling, at least for a while. But the more the U.S. uses the dollar as a weapon against them, the more motivated they'll be to get their shit together. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun for the... For the foreseeable future, anyway. Uh, listen, fellas, I gotta let you go. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. We'll, hopefully, care. we talk to you again. Thanks. Yeah, I wish they'd get their shit together because it would make gold more valuable, and that would make Bitcoin more valuable. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go over here. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? It's Ricky from the fucking Commonwealth there, uh, brother. Fucking Captain. Ricky down from the, the fucking... with the cross, no doubt. Uh, you, you went down on an eagle and it fucked up your cross? No, that was down with the eagle and up with the cross, no doubt. That's going to be my campaign slogan in well, the future, no doubt. Well, Emphasis I, on pain. Well, I am against uh, torture and execution devices uh, that are government uh, programs. So down with the cross as well as the eagle. I'm against well, yeah, the idea of government. Well, wait a minute now. This is an elongated cross. That's a whole different story there, Peekless. Hey, a cross is a cross, man. Or if you're not, Slayer, not like unless this, you got two of them, then it's a double cross. If you're the heavy metal band Slayer, you make up a word called crostica. Ah, there yeah, you well. go. That's a portmanteau, by the way. That is an awesome portmanteau. Yeah. In well, fact, I've, I've visualized that portmanteau. Well, this cross is actually has to do with something important. You know, it's called uh, it's called secession. And it's also called defending people's land, and I think that's really important. And that's really why it's the centerpiece of my campaign once again, because it fits right in. Because I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not even hiding it. I never did before. And everybody was all for it, and my pre-campaign so far is going well. People just publicly don't want to have their minute, name associated with us. Ricky, what, yeah. is, what is a pre-campaign? Well, that's where I'm smarter than my opponent because they're never going to see me coming. See, <laughs> I have a pre-campaign to reestablish all of my previous endorsements. Then I'm going to have the campaign when I announce. You, no, I get that. I'm not asking what a campaign is. I'm asking what what are the component like? Is there an outline of what a pre-campaign is so that aspiring statists who want to get elected like you? can go, oh, if I put together this kind of an outline and just fill it in with my stuff, it'll tell me what a pre-campaign is. Well, I'll tell you in one second, simply, but why you call me a status? I'm not a status captain. Well, if you're attempting to get elected, then, yeah, you are. Yes, but I'm looking to get elected, not for the sole purpose, but my main purpose is to blow the U.S. Constitution away. So that, I don't really think, makes me a status captain. Well, uh, you would be uh, becoming an employee of said state, and you would be you, you would be campaigning that. for the privilege to do so, which in fact would make you a statist by definition. Not necessarily, because I want to point something out to you, Captain. Now, one thing this has come up by Peakless before, mm -hmm. and the reality is, even Brother Ian has come to the realization. You see, once you blow it away. Right away, you're talking 40% right off the top of government is going away. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to say a lot about it, but in all honesty, something else I want to blow away with it is the PA Senate. That I want to go to. What, so makes, you, left, what makes you believe that, you would, that they would even allow you to, to get a seat? Well, see, here, here's the thing, and I'm going to be honest with you, Captain. I'm going to be in a lot of danger every step of the way. Now, once I get into the primary, say I get past that, I'm going to be even more danger. But the most danger is if I get elected because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to do exactly what a certain representative when he was U.S. congressman did. By a guy by the name of Thomas Jefferson now, he had no problem using manipulation of his fellow members of the House. And some speculate, and I personally believe, used blackmail to get what he wanted for the people. Will I stoop to those levels for the people? Uh, yeah, I will. And I think they got it coming. So, uh, again, also, 
Again, you have just uh, exceeded the definition of statism because you've admitted that you will stoop to levels below your normal, uh, you know, personal character uh, in in order to get your way, thereby turning the guns of government upon a minority of people to get your way. Yes, but you got to understand these are status. Uh, you know that. that, that and I'm and you just that. joined them, pal. No, it, it isn't quite that way, Captain. It is quite now, that way, by definition. I'm I'm not even like, like I, you know, I'm not saying you're a horrible person. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. statism will make even the most noble person compromise their ethics and morals. But I will say this. And Captain, you even just admitted one... that you would compromise your own uh, personal character for whatever it is you think is on behalf of the people. Well, for the, in all honesty, that would be a last resort. Of course, the first approach would be to show my fellow housemates that it'd be last in their resort. Best interest. That seems like your well, first resort because you would be you're campaigning, you're campaigning well, for the privilege to do that to people. Well, let me ask you a question, Captain. Now, let's just say, for example, now I know that secession has come up as an idea for New Hampshire. Now, mm-hmm. in all honesty, when it comes down to governments, if you compare New Hampshire's government to Pennsylvania's government, I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to having a status government, you have a much more status government than even we do. Now, that's problem number one. Okay, but here's well, problem number so, two. Actually, before you conclude that that is problem number one, uh, all governments are statists. I know, like, but by my definition. point here is, Captain, ultimately... It's not the, really, the, I mean, there might be degrees you, of variance within that. But Are you saying that ours is more oppressive? Uh, what, well, look, at, if you go from Sununu on down, it's really sad, actually, because, you know. Well, see, now you're you, criticizing the person, not the system. So, again, all statists equal bad. So, take Sununu out of it. Within the, your, no, I'm looking at the individuals within your governmental structure. They don't matter. I say you have worse, a worse problem with statism than we do. We who? That doesn't mean, and I want to blow in, it away uh, anyway. That's besides the in point. In the Commonwealth? Or Pennsylvania? Well, I think the reason why, honestly, is because, and you probably may or may not believe this, but it's a fact, even pieces of work like Scott Perry, who's one of these mega people, only push it so far because here I have no idea. Right, hold, on, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Give me an example of how New Hampshire is more statist than Pennsylvania. Please. Okay, here, I'll give you an example. Thank you. Okay, take for example. Now, I, I found out about what's really going on with our issue with our school taxes recently. I'll give a perfect example of that. Now, in the case of New Hampshire, you guys had a referendum and you blew school taxes away. What did your government do? Okay, fine, you did that, but they gave you sky high property taxes. Now, here's the deal here. What ended up happening, now you're going to love this. This is fascinating. Uh, now, in our case, you don't know what I'm going to love. <laughs> Well, if you give me the opportunity, Captain, you can decide that. Well, your 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 verbal gymnastics of uh, they they call that uh, oh, what is it? It's neuro linguistic programming. When you tell a person what they're going to think about a thing before you tell them the thing, in order to get them to think the thing that you told them to think about the thing you're about to tell us. No, I said you can decide what you think about. You it. said that after he called you on the neurolinguistic program. Yeah, you said okay, you're gonna love point. this, like yeah, Vince called, from uh, Slap Chop. Yeah, that's called priming. 
Oh, you're priming yeah. a person for an experience. Anyway, no, go on. My, my, so so how is uh, Pennsylvania uh, property tax now? Is that what we're talking about? How is that different from New Hampshire? Okay, dude, if you seriously want to talk taxes, do you have any idea how much of a difference it makes having no taxes on my groceries? Uh, we don't have that either. We don't pay taxes on food or clothing there. Do you have state income tax? Yeah, we, we have like no taxes here. Well, oh, property tax. Okay. Yeah, we, we have the property tax. That's the big you one. Have a um, there is a tax, tax. on you have um, property tax. hotels. You have property tax. It's uh, more than both my school taxes and property tax there, uh, Peekless. You know, in all honesty. So what? But my point, here's my point. You're missing the point I was trying right, to Here's where it differs. Go ahead. Here's where it differs. Now, I will say, and this is something really fascinating. Now, in 17, yes. We did have a referendum to blow away school taxes. Did, 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 was it overwhelming? Yes. Yes. Now, here's what happened. Now, if you go back, now, I don't want to give away my location, but right where my property is, there's a school system, a school that's literally three and a half miles away. Now, believe it or not, that school system, now, this was right around the time of the mortgage crisis, right before it. Get on with that it. is the very first school system in the country that pulled this card. They stole the school taxes from the township. Now, why is this important? I'm going to tell you. Because you what ended up happening is the only they were trying to foreclose on everybody's properties. Now, the mortgage crisis put a stop to that and ultimately went back in the hands of the township. Now, what happened next is the schools in the next county next to us started doing that. Now, why is this important? Because I found out recently, why did our school taxes not get blown away? Because here it turns out that starting with this particular school, which I wish I could name because I don't want my location given, the school system is now considered a tax authority unto themselves. Can you believe that? I tried to contact Totally believe that. Get this one. They even that was have a long a walk for for a short journey. Yeah, very very little reward. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I know. And see, yeah, now, uh, hold now. on. Okay, look. So the taxes are different. Like, who the fuck cares, man? Do you have any idea how, how important it is that you, uh, you can be armed in New Hampshire? Do you think you can be well, armed in Pennsylvania? Now I understand that might not personally apply to you, but like as a general principle, well, Chad, uh, if you do people, not have the ability to defend your rights, you will not have your fucking rights. Do you not realize, you don't know about my Colt 45, do you? I don't care what kind of malt liquor you're drinking. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. I was known to carry a Colt 45. Not a bull ice? No, a Colt 45 single. You like Billy D. Williams? Chambers. Hi, Billy D. Williams no, here for Colt 45. No, Chambers pointing at you, Captain. You're, you're leveling a gun at me? Not personally, but I mean, if I did draw it on somebody, it would have open chambers. Yes, a real single action. I used to carry a gun. I talked about it on the air that when I went blind, I gave it away. I have talked more about the right to bear arms over the years than just about anybody. Right, on but your does, how's the, that right to bear arms treating you in uh, Pennsylvania? Well, I mean, there's plenty of people have guns. I mean, in the more rural areas especially. Now, one thing I will tell you that pissed me off is growing up. I've commented on the air in the past. You see, up through growing up, I'm almost 50, and I know till 86 it was like Oh, my older than Ricky. Now, the stuff started in 79 out of the house, and it crept in over the years optional here. That's how they fucked us. 
You see, see when you I was growing the phrase, up, an old soul. I think he's got a geezer. Soul. He just—he's got a geezer voice. I think mm. is what it is. Yeah, right? but wait a minute. When I was growing up, anybody could have a gun. I mean, I, example: you could be crazy, you could be a felon, you could be a domestic abuser. Yeah, when, when I, I was a youth, if, if I was the one year wanted, of high school that I attended, there were still kids driving, you know, dad's pickup truck uh, to school, parking in the school parking lot, and they'd have rifles mounted. Uh, in the back of the the window of the pickup truck cab, right, and you and you still see a lot of that up here, you know. And the thing that happened is the okay, FFL so- crept in as an optional thing over the years. And the funny thing is, ultimately took control. But to this day, the private dealer still exists. And if you're a private dealer or at a gun show, you don't have to do background checks. You don't have to do any of that. Can you shit. open carry uh, anywhere? Of course you can. Where? What, in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, the only place where they're going to give you shit is if you're in a short distance from a school. Oh, really? So I could, like, walk down the street in, say, Philadelphia and just have a gun strapped to my hip? Or a uh, rifle yeah, across my, my back? To my, no- to my knowledge, yes. There's no laws against that in Philadelphia, to my knowledge. No. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? That's shocking. Philadelphia is known for a tremendous amount of violence. I used to open carry myself, you know. I mean, and to my knowledge, the only place, unfortunately, we got fucked with the FFL, and it was very late coming in here. The way they tricked us is it was an optional thing. Enough gun shops did it in places, and it just became predominant. And, of course, the bullshit came with it. You know, and all these guys wish they didn't know. It was a little late now. But, I mean, you can open carry anywhere. The only place they won't let you go is, like, in the courthouse. you got to check your gun uh, at the front there. Uh, they won't let you bring a gun into the Social Security office. Uh, and you got the bullshit because of the FFL crap at certain distance from school. All right, hang on, Ricky. You know? To summarize, open carry is legal in Pennsylvania without a license to carry firearms, except in cities of the first class, and in parentheses, Philadelphia, and in vehicles where a license to carry firearms is required to do so. That's from uh, Pennsylvania PAFOA, whatever the fuck that means, Pennsylvania Firearm Owners well, Association. Well, I've heard that. Hold on. I've heard that cities of the first class shit in the past. Now, my definition of that is I would fight that myself. I would not accept that. Just like I've done a lot of things. Now, you know, the cities of the first class is bullshit. Who defi- defines that? So I got I'll another one an for you. Uh, the government defines I, uh, that. That's it. Well, I, I got another one for you. Hey, hey, Ricky, Ricky, uh-huh. I didn't have to do a background check when I bought my gun. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't do that here. Oh, they don't do that in New Hampshire. No, no background check necessary. Just, just buy Whoa. a gun. It's fine. Well, like, that's the way you'll, you'll need here, to. So you yeah, you'll that, you'll but... fill out the paperwork that you did it. But like, as far mm-hmm. as I know, they don't do the background check. Um, now, question: Does does that? Now, but do yeah, I mean, man, out... the the vehicle one is just a bitch. Like, do you have to fill out an ATF form. Oh no, we got rid of that one. Yeah, no, well, so that's, that's that's actually one of the really cool things about it is we're actively changing this. So since the libertarians I, have basically a... taken over the Republican Party, uh, we've been getting rid of things like the, uh, yeah, it used to be that you couldn't uh, have it on your ATV or your... Um, uh, your snow uh, <laughs> snowmobile yeah, right. was another one, just like a yeah. weird little nuance. And but I bought a uh, a twelve gauge shotgun over the counter. 
uh, locally uh, in the Keene area at a big store. Right? I'm not going to name who. Uh, but uh, I bought over the counter. I had to uh, wait for some period of time after filling out all of the forms on a computer screen at the store. I think I had to wait for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, something like it was a long fucking time to be at the uh-huh. store just waiting for the computer to be like, okay, you're good to go. Which makes me believe that there was some sort of a background check, mm. uh, either checking for felonies, right? Because I don't think they would have sold me the firearm if I had a felony, which I don't. Uh, and then also which would be, well, checking How come these background checks are instant and the other background checks take like a week? Well, so 45 minutes is relatively instant in the eyes of government. Mm. <laughs> which which I'll, I'll tell you one thing, in all honesty, I mean, on, on a related note, when blowing it away, I mean, this is just one thing to get rid of the FFL. Because we, we were really tricked into it. I mean, we really were. But also, there are other I, things. Sorry, too. dude, I don't acronym. So FFL refers to... Uh, if Federal you, firearms licensing. Okay, right. thank you. And it's uh, it comes into play if you like... You want to buy a gun from, like, a, a website? Uh, here in New Hampshire, you have to have that gun shipped to an FFL, usually a gun store. Uh, That's the same way here. And, and they have to sit on it for some period of time before you can go pick it up. Right. You know, when I was growing up, I'll make an example. And it's funny because I come from the neighboring county where I'm out there. It's northeastern Pennsylvania. But the thing is... There was plenty of guns around then, and that was uh, considered a city at the time, but there was plenty of guns. And, I mean, the, the gun shop was a half a block from my house. And at that time, things were different, man. I mean, like I said, anybody could get a gun. It, when I was 10 years old, if I would have wanted one, I mean, I had leather holster with, you know, five-and-a-half-inch Colt cap guns. Everybody loved my guns. They always wanted my guns for cowboys and Indians. But the thing is, all I would have had to do is if I wanted one, which was no sense because there was plenty of other guns around the house for other purposes, is go down with my old man, go down to the gun shop half a block away, say to the gun owner, my dad, say, my son would like to buy a gun. I say, how about that Colt 45 over there? You know, we take it out, we take a look at it, you know, maybe grab a whole system cartridge, just put our money on and go home, you know? That's how it was, and that's how it was for everybody. Now, right. one thing I will no, tell hang, you. Hang on, hang on, Ricky. Check this out. Uh, This is uh, specifically about Philadelphia. No person shall carry a firearm, rifle, or shotgun at any time upon the public streets or upon any public property in a city of the first class unless, one, such person is licensed to carry a firearm, or two, such person is exempt from licensing under section blah, blah, blah of this thing uh, relating to firearms not to be carried okay. without a license. Uh, to right, summarize, hang on, hang on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ricky. To mm-hmm. summarize, um, sorry, with that said, we would like to point out there's much debate among firearm owners about whether openly carrying firearms is a really good idea. While we leave that choice to the individual, we will state that in many urban areas, namely Philadelphia, doing so will draw unwanted attention from law enforcement that may include, but not limited to, the following repercussions. One, being stopped and questioned by law enforcement. Uh, I have opened carried here in New Hampshire a bunch, and uh, I've never been stopped and questioned by law enforcement. Now, I'm not saying it can't happen. It probably can, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. 
Um, Hang on, hang on. Number two, number two, having your license to carry firearms seized and sent back uh, or sent back for revocation. And number three, being arrested improperly or for other charges like disturbing the peace or creating a public nuisance. While this may not happen, should you choose to carry openly, uh, many urban law enforcement officers we have talked to have expressed a very negative opinion toward the idea. Some have suggested that law enforcement will do everything in their power to make your life difficult should you choose to. Okay, well, this is Philadelphia. Now, you're going to tell me you're going to look at Pennsylvania as a whole because of fucking Philadelphia. Philadelphia has become uh, a shithole beyond belief with gang violence, people killing each other. I mean, I could go into that. This, this isn't an itself. opinion piece. I'm just reading well, I mean, something the, to you. The Cato Institute has you uh, marked it 17th. And I mean, I don't completely d- uh, agree with them, but I, I think they're not too far off, generally speaking. So, I mean, I can go into some what? detail if you want. 17 for what? I don't live and in Philadelphia. For overall freedom. Uh, personal freedoms? No, okay, for, has actually, Pennsylvania you know ranked, uh, now has us ranked as three. So. That's actually not so bad considering it's out of 50. I mean, like I said, there are a lot That's places mid-pack, a lot man. worse. I mean, it, it has gotten, the more citified areas, I will tell you, I can see it right now where I'm at at the moment. Now, my property is in the rural areas. I'm currently staying more in a citified area. And where I'm at right now, I'm getting this shit. I ain't liking it. It ain't like Pennsylvania, man. I'll be walking out and say, hey, how you doing? And I'll get somebody. They'll just blow me off and, like, run away. I'm like, what the fuck? You see, this is the, the fucking people from Jersey and whoever else, Philly, and wherever else the fuck they're coming from. And they're giving me this shit. And I'm like, I don't want it. This is what's wrong. This is what the government likes. They like this isolationist attitude you know and what that's what they fucking like and it's really it's a minority but i see it becoming more and more of a problem especially with uh the generation z people uh, growing up this is why i want to blow the fucking thing away now i only got two pops left of this of two terms and i'll be considered too damn old to do it you know i mean in all honesty well i mean i I personally think that uh, you should give it up. You're going to waste a whole bunch of time, probably a bunch of money, uh, and you're not going to get elected. Hey, Captain. Captain, if I get elected and I continue being a chronic caller into both programs, and then you got a friend in Pennsylvania, which you definitely would have. I mean, I don't know how many elected officials you know that call in every damn night, but I would be that. And I'll tell you another thing. Hey, I'm Ricky. Do. That doesn't make you more Ricky. important than anybody else. Ricky, um... Mm-hmm. I gotta ask you. So, if uh, if pigs had wings, do you think they'd be delicious? I mean, Excuse would be, me? they would they be like good buffalo wings, like chicken? If oh. if pigs had wings, mm, pork wings. I don't. If pigs, it, say that one more time. So because you will win this when pigs fly. <laughs> oh, okay, peakless. Now, why do you? Oh, think you pulled that? a Ricky on Ricky. You said a whole bunch now, of words, beating around the bush, now, leading you to your make point. That comment. Why do you think that? Why do you have such little faith in Ricky from the Commonwealth? Why is that? <laughs> no, uh, get, you make okay. a bold statement like that. I so, wonder why you so, have such little so faith Ricky, in me. So, Ricky, I'll tell you why. And, and this, like, I mean, I'll let Peakless answer too. But uh, in my opinion, it's because 
we have seen this all before in other states. We have seen it failed miserably. The only way to make any sort of an impact politically is for a bunch of freedom-minded individuals to get together in the same geographic area. Ah, but imagine this. Imagine this. Now, you may find this unacceptable. Now, my plan is... If it involves using simple. the state against people and their violence, then yes, I'm totally against it. No, I don't... I, no. no oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Peekless, did you want to take a stab at answering his question? I, I'm willing to just yeah, let this Yeah, why do you have such so little faith in me? Why do I have so little faith in you? It's not about you. Yeah. Okay, so... It's really, for me, it's not about you, the well, person. That's a, that's a very different question it's than why do system. I think this is not going to work. So... The, I'm all ears. Okay, so the reason I don't think this is going to work, uh, in addition mm -hmm. to the fact that basically politics is only an effective tool for A, slowing shit down, and B, getting your message out there. Uh, so there yeah. is that. Now, in your particular case, there's the fact that uh, the people around you do not want to be free. Very simply. So if you try and free them, they will say no. Yep, the slaves will clamor for their chains, and uh, you will, of course, fail. Thanks for the call tonight, Ricky. I don't uh, think it'll help that he'll probably like walk in with a Confederate flag like a cape, but you know, let's. Uh, he might be more nuanced this time. Let's go over here. Uh, Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hello. 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 You're on Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck are you? Oh, wow, man. Cool. Man. <laughs> wow, man. Cool. Yeah, what's your I'm, name? I'm Paul. Hey, Paul. I'm, hey, You're... guys. I'm in uh, Idaho. Idaho? Hey, is... Paul from Idaho. What's Are... up? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, uh, you, um, you sound yeah, really I... muffled. Is, are you, like, under a blanket or something? I'm not sure. Is the... Oh, that's better. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, I was just wondering that, what kind of thing that uh, you have in the the concert or whatever. Oh, <laughs> what number did you dial, Paul? Uh, did I dial the wrong number? I don't know. <laughs> uh, We're not having a concert. We're having a live stream internet show that's about freedom and liberty. Oh, right on. Yeah, what I was gonna say is, hey. There's 500 million elite Chinese that uh, want our stuff because they trashed theirs already. <laughs> I know it's kind of unspoiled. You think, you think they're coming for Idaho? Yeah, they want the mountains and stuff because it's beautiful up there. Because there's a lot of work. Most... Otherwise, the most wilderness in the lower 48. How are the Chinese going to take over Idaho? Out the open borders. They already have men here waiting. They already have terrorists here waiting. They're already there? Yeah. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. You can check it out. Try that OMAP, O.MAP.com, and it, you can check it out. OMAP? Dot com? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll check it out. With that, yeah, yeah, just look around Pollock, Idaho. Cause it's beautiful up there. And, uh, you know, I've been seeing them around in the, those 
SUVs that they used for the president's caravan, you know? Yeah, man. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but would you, would you not take, well, we'll wait, terrorists are saying, oh, we'll wait till the next time we get a chance, you know? So I got, uh, omap.com brings me to Texas Instruments, Hmm. so you, you might want to double check that. Because there's strange shit on my phone. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. I, are are you uh, are you okay, man? Yeah, my limbs getting stoned. Ah, uh, very well. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the call, man. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live going once. Beard Talk Live going twice. All right. Uh, if you can hear me, give us a call back. Maybe we have a bad line or your phone's muted or something. Not sure what's going on. Beard Talk Live going twice. Oh, you got to turn down your fucking radio. If you can hear me, give us a call back. Hold on. Maybe we have a- no, I shouldn't have to hey. hold on, but, you know, okay, go ahead. Hey. Hey guys, it's your boy Skeeter. Let's keep yeah. all drugs illegal. I, bring back up. I would not claim you as immunity is good. I would not claim you as my boy ever. Fuck out. <laughs> What's that? I would not claim you as my boy, but you know, that's fine. I am probably old enough to be your dad though, I'm thinking. Oh, are you sure about that? I don't know. How old are you? Approximately. You don't have to tell me exactly. Oh, no. but... if 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 I were to guess I'd put you uh low forties. That's my guess. Uh, yeah. So I have that eternal youth of a of a Gemini. That's what go. the uh, oh, the astrology chicks older? tell me. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that where the eternal youth comes that? from? Yeah, I'm 51, bro. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't mean to compliment you. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, that may be the most genuine thing I've ever heard from you. I, I actually <laughs> believe you this time. Uh, yeah, it might be the most honest thing you said on this show. I just, I was really going off like your taste in music. It's kind of, it could have been older, but uh, since I don't know like that generation's music. I do have a lot of like 90s stuff in my taste of music. It's true. Yeah. That's kind of, that was throwing me off. Yeah. It wasn't your look. I would have guessed you're 60 from that, but. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the gray. We love it. Why don't you guys move the fuck out? (laughs) Why would we? Because you're free riding national offense like hypocrites. We're you know, you free want to withdraw what? all your tax revenue. What are we free riding? All the benefits of national defense by staying in the belly of America. Uh, no, what actually, I don't want of... any of that. I don't have any choice. Um, actually, hold on, hold on. Actually, the fact that I am currently under a potential threat of nuclear annihilation is strictly due to the fact that I'm so goddamn close <laughs> to the United States. Thanks. Nuclear annihilation. Yes. That's called, uh, yes. Mad, isn't it? They are Mutually currently. They are currently in a proxy war with the with the best armed nuclear power on the planet. Yeah. We're past the Cold War. You know that, right? Uh, you know, nuclear nuclear weapons are a deterrent for actual nuclear. They're actually a deterrent dude, for themselves. If you, you make that? Putin decide that he's either going to take you with him or not, then he's going to take <laughs> you with him. Yeah, what sane person would do that? Number one, number two. He's not sane. Yeah, He's state a head of state. On him if, we, if you were to do that, you don't get sane people that want to rule the world. Right. Duh. Good, good men do yeah, not want do. to rule. Yeah, you do. But but anyway, no, you don't. Uh, show, show me one good uh, man, and I'll show you a that? murderer. 
a murder. I mean, um, one good president I, I of the United States. I'll show you a murder. A murder, but I mean, uh, we benefit from that. I mean, I don't benefit from anybody's no, murder. I do no. not benefit from that. Why don't you guys like, leave? By though? definition, why don't just... I don't benefit from murder. I did leave. Why I came to New Hampshire okay, because if we're trying to we're murder, trying to have a place where we can be free. If you don't benefit from murder, why don't you do like um, the Republic of Minerva did? Gather up money, buy an island, or try to make an, an artificial island and see what happens to you. All that stuff just is being tried. What's that? All that stuff has been tried and is being yeah. tried, including a whole bunch of people migrating to New Hampshire in an attempt to no, secede from the Union. That's free riding national defense. That now, is bullshit. That is it is literally the exact opposite. It's, it's literally doing what you're asking us to do, which is leave. We want to leave the rest of the United no, States. I have more no. enemies than I would ever naturally have because of the association that I am forced Fact. into. Fact. No, what, what, when have you stepped outside your house and you're scared of an attack from an, uh, a foreign enemy? When's the last time that happened? Dude, I'm, I'm scared of an attack from a foreign enemy while I'm in my house. I'm on enemy <laughs> territory. I know that. In a cold sweat because and, of foreign enemies. And, enemy and I'm more, I'm more worried, me, right? Skeeter, about a domestic threat <laughs> than I am uh, a foreign threat. Yeah, that's the you very know, foreign you know enemy that I'm that? talking about. You know how the you United States federal threat? government is foreign to me. Just follow the law. Just follow the law. Oh, Wait yeah, they the would never harm anyone who hey. was following the law. Yeah, Skeeter. And following the law is totally possible because there's a finite number of them. Skeeter, have you any idea how many laws there are in the United States? That's a good thing. You want more laws. For the Do you have any idea of the exact number of laws that exist in the United States? A lot. I mean, I've seen, I've seen how big the uh, how long it's not the book few. Is with all the laws. How, how many laws exist in the United States? Do you know the number? Are you a statist or are you anti-statist? I'm asking you a question, and I'd appreciate it if you answer. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a hell of I, almost uncountable. Not almost uncountable. No, not almost, but you're close. Completely uncountable. There are so many that not even computers can calculate them. There's not even, like, That's a, a guess. That's a good thing. That is not a good thing. That is not yeah, a good so thing. If we can't even are, count the number, how can you be certain more, that you're following them? All right, hang on. Scooter, listen. Listen. Are you familiar with... All right, I'm going to turn him down. Scooter, everyone in the United States of America commits at least, on average, three felonies per day. Three felonies per day. Now, most people don't get prosecuted for them, but the way the law is written... Uh, it certainly is that you commit three felonies a day. So when you say just follow the law, you obviously have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, Sisyphus. Just get it to the top of the hill already. Try your best. Am I, am I on? I don't know. Are you? You're on oh, something. Yeah, I, yeah, you're I, definitely I on, but you're, I don't know what well, you're on. Best. You ain't sharing, try that's for best sure. Try to follow the law. <laughs> And, and just ex uh, vote for more laws and wait for the state to collapse. Then you might be able to secede. But at that point, it's a moot point. Right? I don't you have to do any of that because... I have a way better thing going on now. Thanks. Appreciate your stupid tactics, uh, but, um, but no, I'm good. It's not stupid. It's, it's the, actually Yeah, it is the, monumentally smart, retarded and evil. It's logical way to fight the state. <laughs> but anyway, right. I Bye, Skeeter. Finish your statement. It is uh, monumentally retarded? Yeah, monumentally retarded, and also evil. Of, like, Ponzi-like proportions. Yeah. Yeah.
really is. So instead of that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with my fellow man across the globe to make functional currencies. Yes. And with our functional currencies, we're going to simply make the state obsolete. Yes. Uh, to change a thing, do not try and fight what is, but instead build a new one that makes the old paradigm obsolete. I'm paraphrasing. That's uh, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, he has a, an exact quote that basically has that sentiment. Yeah, our, our way out is innovation. Yes. And, and the thing is, we have to use what we're good at. Yeah. We're good at peace and love and newness. And it, like most people I think would agree, that if you have a goal, the best way to accomplish that goal is to put 100% of your effort into accomplishing that specific goal, mm -hmm. right? It's usually the, the best, the fastest, right? The most direct, you know, least obstacles, all that kind of thing. Now, most people can't do that because of the way, well, the government is and society and, you know, you got to have these jobs and, you know, all this kind of a thing. So what's the next best thing? Well, getting a bunch of like-minded people together who have the same or similar goals so that you can put more effort towards achieving said goal. So if I'm only able to put, let's say, 20% effort into achieving the goal of secession, uh, and you're also able to put 20% in, right? Well, okay, now we're closer to one person being able to put 100% in, right? Uh, because uh, if we all get together and work towards the same goal, why the percentage, the amount of effort going into this, the concentration goes up and the likelihood of achieving the goal goes up along with those percentages. So his argument reminds me of what I used to think about zombie apocalypses. Because I, I used to believe that, you know, if we could just have a zombie apocalypse, then yeah. society could collapse and we could start over. And then I saw a movie where we just ended up doing the same bullshit after starting over. Yeah. And then I stopped caring about the, the zombie thing. Yeah. And the lesson is the same. Why wait? Like, yeah, you know what? Even if there's this giant collapse and that makes it easier to do a thing, yeah. it also makes it easy to do something else completely. Yeah. So let's just skip that. Yeah. Create Utopia now. Well, and I, not I, utopia, but as good of a place as reality allows. Move it in that direction now. Let's at least create a place where uh, the preferable alternative to a violent organization uh, that does nothing but steal and, and murder and rape and all that kind of stuff. Uh, why not make a place where the preferable alternative which is voluntary cooperation amongst individuals, uh, can be had. Yeah. Why, why wait for anything to collapse? Why wait for the dollar to collapse? Why wait for the empire to collapse? Why wait for bricks to collapse? Why wait for any of that fucking shit? Let, let's start building now. So if, mm -hmm. if you're a builder and uh, you're interested in helping to construct uh, the thing, to innovate our way out of this thing, if you're a a computer programmer, if you're into cryptocurrency, if you have you know, skills that are useful, you know, trades, any of that stuff is good, carpentry, welding, all that kind of stuff, uh, painting even, right, any kind of uh, landscaping and shit like that. Uh, if you have skills or, or a business and you want to get together with a bunch of other people and help create this place where 
the institution of violence known as government doesn't exist, well, maybe maybe New Hampshire's for you. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and uh, the thing is, the vision that you get for for a post-collapse world, right? Okay, well... That lets you overlook the fact that you actually don't like the survivors, but you have to. You have to work together. Well, okay, how about instead of doing that, you just have a world where instead of waiting for those survivors that you have to work with, you find people that you can actually tolerate and just hang out with them. Yeah. And build a community with them and build a world with them. Right. Just go find your tribe. What's funny about statists uh, and people like Skeeter... But I repeat myself, uh, is that like they don't necessarily disagree with our premise that it would be preferable to not have a giant institution of violence uh, that is the harbinger of death and, you know, the stealer of all things and responsible for all of the major human atrocities of human history, uh, or at least as far as numbers of deaths are concerned. Uh, They don't necessarily argue that it's preferable not to have that, right? So if that's true, then why can't we have one area where people who want that can go? Wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't that be lovely? Couldn't we at least give it a shot? Yeah. Could we just have one space where like, okay, you think the government is necessary and without it there will be a great collapse. Okay, well, let us give it a shot. Yeah. You know, let us, you know, run these crazy ideas for a trial. I mean, you can run off and go do socialism if you want to do that. Like, I've seen socialist communes. You know, they they have their troubles. But, I mean, that is being tried. It's being attempted. So just have a place where we can be left in peace. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, and if we don't, oh, what's the worst that can happen? We we were slightly freer than we were before. Yeah. Wow, that's preferable yeah. too. But the fact of the matter is, you have absolute psychopaths like Putin, for example, yeah. and whoever else ends up at you know one of those places where you're clearly trying to take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they won't fucking let us. All right. So instead of doing that, what we've had to do is we've had to find a way to completely undermine their existence. And that way is by using currency that they don't control. Right. Because that's what's turned them into these, I mean, pure war things. Because, like, sure, they were always awful. Governments have always been tyrannical bastards. But at least they had limitations because there was only so many people they could get killed. There aren't any of those limits this way. No, not anymore. So if we're going if we're going to limit how many people they can kill, then we have to use a currency system that isn't tied to that. We have to use a money that isn't murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Super important. In fact, it's the it's the linchpin. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the key turning point, in my opinion. Uh it means that the rest of the the principled vision of libertarianism, anarchism, whatever you want to call it, voluntarism, mm-hmm. probably the best word, uh, are uh, achievable, mm-hmm. right? Prior to cryptocurrency, I was like, well, you know, we got gold and, you know, we can do something with that and, you know, or we make our own currency or something, you know, I'm not sure. But I, I've always been of the opinion that any type of a, a secession movement or something along those lines 
would necessarily require bloodshed to leave. I no longer believe that. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's one of the reasons why I came to New Hampshire is because I'm like, we have this incredible tool that was gifted to mankind. Mm-hmm. And we should be using it to free ourselves from this centralized giant murder machine. Well, and the beauty of it is that its use does that. So even when authoritarians use good money, yeah. that power frees people. They are even the most wretched uses of it still empowers something that will undermine something much worse than whatever you're using it for. Mm. Because whatever you might, okay, so let's say you pay for uh, someone to be murdered mm-hmm. in, in you know, Bitcoin or whatever. Okay. However, if you consider the fact that you've just undermined something that is perpetually murdering millions of people, how many lives are being saved from just that little bit of value being pushed over there because you had to acquire that somehow, mm-hmm. which means you had to trade out of of the dollars that were supporting these murder machines. You had to trade out of more murders in order to accomplish that one murder. Right. So even the worst possible things that can be powered with this are still undermining worse things. Have you seen this uh, this thing been circulating around the uh, social media? It's uh, it's what what the general public believes about Ross Ulbricht, mm-hmm. right? And it's all the fucking bullshit. It's all the lies. It's like, oh, he hired a murderer. I'm like, mm. actually, no, that was proven wrong. He he didn't actually have anything to do with it. You know? Oh, but he was blah, blah. no, he wasn't doing any of that either. He just built a fucking website. You know. Uh, I'm a surprised mighty, people even know the name. A mighty fine website, but it turns out that all the all the slander, right, is what people believe. This is how effective the mainstream media propaganda machine is. Mm-hmm. That people believe the lies, even though the truth has come out about those lies, where, no, it's been proven wrong. No, he didn't do that. No, he wasn't involved in any of that. Right? Uh, these lies have been proven false, but this is what people still believe. Well, you know what they say. I'll be halfway around the world before uh, before a truth puts its shoes on. Oh, that sounds like a majorism. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one's that's that's. I, I might be doing it wrong, but it's that's something like right. that. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, a, a lie goes faster than the truth. It does. The good side is that it also exhausts itself. You know, lies the hare. Yeah. Truth is a tortoise. Well, and that's part of the human condition too, right? That's that survival instinct that, you know, so bad news travels quick because yeah. danger, yeah. right? We, oh, we got to protect ourselves. We got to survive whatever the danger is. And that's right. why the bad news travels. Whereas good news, you know, which by the way, I have some good news. I keep forgetting about this. I did want to talk about this on the previous show, but since I'm thinking about it. Right wow. Now, Actually getting to show prep. Uh, n- n- this is... Man, like, <laughs> this is just, I, I needed a win today, right? I was having a shitty morning, right? I kind of got pseudo-canceled on Telegram or one Telegram channel sharing my music video because, like, it involved people who were at this event anyway. Uh, and so I had some other things going on. I had to talk to, you know, businesses and I had to otherwise people who certainly weren't going to uh, see things my way and uh, finesse my way out of some, you know, sticky situations you know that way 
talking to like customer service departments and stuff like that. Um, but this, ah, this just so warmed my heart and it's, it's ironic. All right. It's ironic. Coming white pill. It's ironic that they have a, a photo behind this headline of, I'm assuming this is some sort of a camp that's been bombed and is on fire. The headline reads, following disastrous war on terror, U.S. vets try to stop students from joining up. I, I know, man. I round of applesauce, definitely. Um, I I couldn't believe, and so I'm like, no, what did I just read? And so, I across the U.S., anti-war veterans and their allies are working together in an effort to stop the U.S. military from reaching its recruitment goals. That is awesome. Is there an organization that's uh, mentioned in this? Because they really do deserve some... uh, (laughs) We we need a plug. There absolutely is. I ain't got much, but I might have to throw some money at this because I know know how much money is being put into trying to recruit them. Oh, lots and lots and lots. Uh, The Defense Department's budget proposal for 2024 outlines a plan for the military to slightly cut back on its ranks, but to reach its projected numbers... It will anyway. Uh, across the country, any war veterans are getting together in an effort to stop the U.S. military from reaching its goal. We are not your soldiers, is the name of the organization. We are not your soldiers is a project of, and this will blow your mind. New York City-based nonprofit organization, World Can't Wait. Wow. So this organization is a project out of New York City. The Empire State, if you will, right? Their, their own slogan. They freely and openly admit it. Yes, we are an empire. We are a state. Uh, yeah. The organization, We Are Not Your Soldiers, sends military veterans into schools to share honest stories of the harm they have caused and suffered. In doing so, they hope to prevent young people from signing up. I wish I had somebody who told me when I was young, says Mild Megasif, who was stationed in Cuba and Okinawa uh, with the Marines from 92 to 96. The experiences I've lived, as painful as they are, as much as I don't like to relive them, are valuable to help future adults not live those experiences. We wanted to get the people who were going to be the next recruits, says Deborah Sweet, the executive director of World Can't Wait. When We Are Not Your Soldiers launched in 2008, the experience was often intense for the veterans. They were all fresh out of Afghanistan and Iraq. It was very raw. It was very hard. It was really hard for them to go and talk to people in public about what had happened. And we learned a lot about PTSD up close and personal and how it was affecting people. Since then, over 50 veterans have participated in We Are Not Your Soldiers. Currently, the project relies on a group of nine veterans uh, mostly nine veterans who receive a $125 stipend for each visit. Teachers affiliated with World Can't Wait also offer curricular support to veterans so they can connect their stories to class lessons. That is awesome. Uh, we are not your soldiers.org, by the way, to donate. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I think they have And a what link a great there. message. We are not your soldiers. Like, I'm so like. Uh, 
this is one of the best things I have ever accidentally stumbled upon. I didn't even like I had other show prep for today. And this one out of just out of fucking nowhere, like sort of materialized. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that what is the fuck? Like, like I immediately I felt a warmness in my I literally felt a warmness in my heart when I when I read that headline. And then I read the sub and I'm like, no, that can't be true. And then I'm like, holy fuck, it is true. Uh, yeah, we are not your soldiers dot org. Apparently you can donate. They have a Facebook page, a Twitter and a YouTube, apparently. Yeah, uh, I- I I find it astonishing that the world allows that to exist. Like, that that exists in this world amazes me. That, like, wait, 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 the schools let you in? To talk to the kids about not getting blown up? Schools invite them in. That's amazing. Yeah, I... And there's a whole article about, you know, all the things surrounding that, but that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it, that... There's an organization of combat veterans, military veterans, somewhere between 9 and 50 of them at any given time, who go around to schools and tell kids of the horrors of war firsthand how they experienced them. This is the exact opposite of what, of course, the military does. Right. Which goes around to schools talking to kids about... Here's how much money for college you can get if you risk your ass and, you know, do what the politicians tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Go kill some motherfuckers you've never met before in countries, you know, you have no reason being in. Yeah. What teachers are saying about us. Yeah. Just wanted to thank you and Joy for the session with my class yesterday. The students were really moved by her honesty and strength considering all she experienced. I'm ever thankful for the work you're doing to teach young people the other side of the story they rarely get to hear. Yeah. Man, that next you'll be blunt. telling me that they're letting people in to convince them not to go to college. <laughs> if I were running a trade school and I needed to, you know, I had some open seats, I needed to get some, you know, or, you know, we expanded or something, I needed to get some more students, I would do that. Right. I would, I would, hey, let me pitch your students on learning welding or carpentry or electrician or plumbing or, you know, uh, all Something that, that will actually be useful and get you paid. You know, all those things they used to list at the end of the, the infomercial? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Sally Struthers who did that shit? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, you could use pie charts. Be like, here's all of the money that you get to not owe. <laughs> Small appliance repair. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one I was looking for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any of the trades. Like, yeah. learn to any. actually do something. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it, that's actually a better idea than like, oh, you'll figure it out when you get to college. Right. You'll, you'll figure it out, and then you end up major, and frankly, no, you're, you're basically fucked at that point. Like, either you're going to pick one of those fields that actually requires a degree, or you're going to absolutely waste a tremendous amount of time and money. Yeah. So, basically, it's like engineering or underwater basket weaving. And really, it doesn't even matter because you almost certainly will not end up in the field that you aimed at. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm still like in, I'm dumbstruck. I'm in awe. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I'm that that this such thing exists, and apparently, like, was thought of in 2008. Yeah. 
so 15 I'm, it's the first I'm hearing about it. 15 right. years it's it's been around I how why is this not worldwide why right. you know why is I mean I was just reading through the the what do you call it, the testimonials and what the teachers are saying about their program on their website they're all from New York so they must be a New York centric uh, organization for mm-hmm. the moment but holy fuck right let's get together and open chapters of this thing in every fucking place seriously right yeah. Let's get, I don't know, Iva involved or something. I mean, I don't, you know, that's Iraq Veterans I mean, Against War, by the way, for those of you who don't know. I, I did not. I mean. I was mostly talking to the listeners, but you're welcome. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, abortion earlier, right? And, okay, sure, there's a bunch of people who, like, they want to avoid people being killed. Yes. Okay, well, here is an opportunity where you you can actually talk to the people themselves and get them not killed. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Like, if you if if what you want to do with your time and energy is make sure that people don't get killed unnecessarily, here's an opportunity. And look, I get that it is difficult for combat veterans to talk about their combat experience. I mean, some of them have an easier time than others, mm-hmm. right? But... From what I understand of the PTSD healing process, as as much as, you know, can be healed, uh, you know, the treatment process, uh, that part of the healing process is talking about it, mm-hmm. uh, frankly and openly and getting it out, regardless of how it makes you feel. Right. Right. Trauma does that to a person and releasing that trauma verbally, or even if you can't verbally, writing it down or you know, writing a song about it, whatever, like releasing it from your being in some way is part of the trauma healing process. And so they're not only performing a public service by going around to schools and teaching kids, this is how it really is. You know, no, we're not pulling any punches. Here's the graphic truth. Right. But they're also doing themselves a favor, right, in healing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the kids are able to help them heal by listening to their to their perspective of what happened, uh, and you know, the grisly truth. Yeah. And so it's a win win situation all the way around, I think. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a way this is what like I like if there are libertarian slash anarchist voluntarist uh, veterans, holy fuck, this is the way to achieve uh, what we're looking for, a voluntarist right. society. Get Go go to the schools and start telling them what it's like. Yeah. You know, and what you think of it now that you've done it and you're out of it and why you would never do it or wish it upon them. Yeah. And why you think that the organization that makes people go and do this is evil. Mm. Well, and most of the time, so I hear, what causes the PTSD in people is witnessing evil they didn't know could exist right and most of the time it comes from them so you could spare these children that experience yeah you could you could let them live an entire life without ever having to be evil Mm. i mean isn't that worth it i think it is uh and i think that's a a good spot for us to take a little bit of a break. We usually do a uh, a 10-minute or so thing, so we're just going to give you some uh, musical interlude. Uh, we're not 
what I wanted to play. <laughs> that was uh, a psycho stick. Mm. Uh, but at any rate, uh, here's a musical interlude. We'll be back for the second half of Beard Talk Live in about 10 minutes. 603-283-6160.
It's Beard Talk Live. <laughs> what day is it, man? Is it February? No, man, it's August. Oh, August. August. Uh, 603-283-6160. I want to get back to fighting words. We sort of kind of started to talk about it in segment one. Um, uh, there's a, another person who does the anarchist experience. His name is Richie Rich. Uh, he actually, I was waiting on him to call about this uh, because he brought it to my attention. But uh, calling 10-year-old fucking little snitch isn't punishable as obscene, threatening, or fighting words. Uh, this is Commonwealth mm. versus Hanner decided last week by the, speaking of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania uh, Intermediate Appellate Court in an opinion by Judge John Bender, joined by Judges Ma uh, Mary Jane Bra Bose and Megan Sullivan, uh, the facts, as taken in the light more favorable to the Commonwealth, as the verdict winner are straightforward. Sometime during 2021, appellant's two children were in the foster care system while appellant was dealing with an incident of domestic abuse in which she was the victim. Her two children stayed with NM, who is the mother of the victim in this case, SM, on September 11, 2021. NM permitted SM, who was then 10 years old, to ride his bike home from his grandmother's home. Shortly thereafter, SM returned to the house crying and scared. SM testified that he encountered, encountered appellant while bicycling home. He saw a vehicle stopped in the road near a gas station. The driver asked SM, do you remember me? I'm such and such as mom. SM recognized the driver as appellant. Appellant then pulled into the station parking lot and loudly and aggressively berated SM twice, calling SM a, quote, fucking little snitch, unquote. SM was scared started crying, and biked back to his grandmother's home. Appellant was charged with one count of harassment, which states that a person commits harassment when, with the intent to harass, annoy, or alarm another person, communicates to or about such other person any lewd, lascivious, threatening, or obscene words, language, drawings, or caricatures. Pennsylvania decisions have accepted that a harassment conviction is valid only if the speech falls within a First Amendment exception, in this case, the Commonwealth deferred to the trial court's decision to instruct the jury that any conviction must satisfy the Miller standard, which is a recognized exception to the First Amendment's prohibition against criminalizing speech. We apply the Miller standard as the Commonwealth pursued a theory equating obscene language with the Miller standard, and the jury was instructed accordingly. Uh, therefore, given the Commonwealth's acquiescence on this point, we will assume for the limited purposes of this appeal that obscene language must appeal to the purient interest in accordance with Miller. Blah, 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 blah. Prurient. Prurient, yeah, sorry. That's just the wrong placement for an R. Yeah. It, this is really, like, probably not good to read. Uh, yeah, it's really, it's bad show. copy. But hold on, so fucking little snitch, I, you know... I could see that being is that uh, fighting words. That's really the that question being a here. Threatening, I could see that being a threatening word right there because snitches do get stitches. Them's uh, the facts. Well, okay, but that's an action. And to be fair, and a reaction. That's not 
verbal abuse, right? If if I that think that's might be different. a threat, though. I, mm, that was in the list. Threatening. Yeah. Fucking little, calling somebody a fucking little snitch might just be a fact. Mm. You know, so saying something true loudly in an angry way, I don't know if them's fighting words. Yeah. Well, so the idea being that if you are a snitch, then you probably got the police to hurt someone mm. in one form or another. I mean, that's mostly what I ever hear snitch being right. used at. Yeah, somebody calls the cops on somebody like, else. W- when when, when we're they're talking doing adults, no, when they're doing no harm to anyone else. Like kids, a, a snitch will be you told the teacher, which I mean, that's kind of a gray area. Like teachers aren't allowed to beat students. Cops are allowed to beat students. <laughs> well, and, uh, and te- teachers aren't allowed. And to, teachers aren't allowed to beat students anymore. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they decided that that would be uh, withheld to the shiny badge people. Which, like, let's just say they were. Let's say you know, why on earth would you ever send your kid in that fucking environment? Right, much less the environment that they have today, right? For all the same reasons, because it is training them to be fucking robots. Do you know what the most uh, tempting collapsitarian idea to me is? Collapsitarian? Okay, no, I don't. Okay, so collapsitarian is the idea that you can reach a libertarian ends by the collapse of the system. Can, uh, sort of what uh, a version of what uh, Skeeter was arguing for. Can I be a reverend of this new religion, collapsitarianism? <laughs> I'd rather you didn't. All right. So, one place that I think is probably the most tempting collapsitarianist idea to me is what they do in school. It's like, oh, they're they're doing this, they're doing this. Great. You know what? I hope they lop off body parts the second they enter the doors so that you'll finally figure out what it is. I feel you. I mean, I know that's evil, and I know I'm wrong, but God damn it. What kind of a person are you to send your child to that? Yeah. I, having experienced uh, school. The most the most powerful destructive force on earth wants to raise my child. Do I A say awesome or B say I will fill out your paperwork to not do that? Uh I, I love when people say, but you still learned stuff in school that you used to Yes. But I didn't need school to learn those, right? You know, human beings are inquisitive <sighs> by nature, and you know it's adapt or it's adapt and exists. survive. Yeah, it's adapt and survive. Human beings are great at adapting, and in fact, can adapt much faster if they don't have a rote system. Uh, of of monotony, of repeatable monotony to like muddle through for 12 years of their mm-hmm. most uh, energetic, uh, their brain has the most synapses firing, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the best shape of their lives, right? For those years, uh, like, pff, it's just a dumb idea, man. Yeah. You don't need that. You don't need that. You will learn way faster uh, without a school. <laughs> yeah. It turns out you can educate by not schooling. So if you think, what is a school? Yeah. Where, where else would we use this word? Well, a school of fish. Yeah. And what does a school of fish look like? 
Oh. A herd. Absolute uniformity. And they're doing all the same thing simultaneously. And, okay. Well, Marching observe, in lockstep with each other. Observe schools of fish in the wild, and you will see that uh, a bunch of them just get eaten the fuck up, is what happens. Yeah. So do you really want that? Now, contrast that with educate. So uh, educate means bring a doctrine from. Like, that's E out of mm. Ducat, uh, as opposed to in Doctrine 8, which is where you put a doctrine into, which is how they school. Because schooling, I think that's a, a fair description of what they do there. Mm. They will absolutely turn you into uh, a, an integrated member of this herd. They will turn you into a monotonous automaton. You will be rote. You will be repeating the same things that they tell you to repeat for the rest of your life. Mindless automaton. <laughs> I had an idea for a band called Mindless Automatons. Mm -hmm. And like all of our songs would have been, you know, with just like one beat and like one chord. And then all the lyrics are just this. It's just a robot voice mindlessly saying things that, you know, you were going to do. And it's just over a beat. And you do like, you know, I don't know 10 songs called an album. Put it out there. <laughs> Mindless automaton. Yeah. Hey, man, what can I say? I'm an idea guy. I've just been distracted. What? I, 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 Shiny object. I done run right <laughs> off the tracks on that one. You can't imagine a band uh, called Mindless Automaton? I I can totally imagine it. And in fact, if, you know, I mean, if I had the right players, man, I could put that together. We'd do a live show. Mm. But I have lots of those ideas. And the problem is I have way more ideas than I have memory and ability to pull off. Mm. Not to mention money. Well, time to dedicate. So to that's one of the changes of this era. What? Access to AI makes all of that doable. I mean, I'm still uh, I'm still pissy about the fact that they call it artificial intelligence. I think that's bullshit. It's nothing like that. But, okay, that's what you want to label this? Fine, we'll talk about AI. Now, all of those ideas that do take a substantial amount of effort to do actually can just get done by verbal commands. You can just find the right AI, tell it to do that right. thing. yeah. And, you know, see what it comes back with, uh, adjust as necessary. But, like, yeah, all those little things can can get done. Like, all these little processes that it's the same process every time, but we don't have, like, a one single button to, to right. do it. Yeah. Yeah, just access to AIs will will fix that. Right, because uh, the, the information is already decentralized. Thank you, Internet. Mm -hmm. So if the information exists, then the ability to replicate whatever that information is telling you to do uh, is where AI comes in, right? It, it gives you that ability to, you know, oh, I want to do it. I want an app and I want it to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, and K. And uh, so you go, hey, AI, uh, you know, find me an app that does something close to this and it'll get you, you know, find me code for an app that does something close to this and it'll go get you that code. And then you just got to tell, okay, well, what I really want is this feature. I want it to do this. 
and it'll give you an example. It'll come back, and you'll be like, well, okay, that's close, but no, what I wanted was this, this, and that, and I changed this and moved this over here and stuff like that. Like, you don't have to know how to code. You just have to have an idea and be able to verbalize it. And I think that that is an important uh, step in uh, the human technology evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Technology evolves with us. It always has because humans create it, right? Uh, and, and I got to admit, I, I was wrong about how pivotal having a computer you can talk to was going to be. Like, I was honestly disappointed that that was, like, the of all of the sci-fi shit that I have read about, that I have seen on, you know, all these... Computer. Of all the sci-fi shit, we get the talking computer. That's the one we get. Not the teleporters. <laughs> not the replicators. I mean, our replicators yeah. suck. We can't even make food out of them. Yeah. But but talking computers. That's what we get. Oh, and flip phones. We get talking computers and flip phones. Those were the two technologies. I mean, but I got to admit, I was wrong. It turns out a talking computer is fucking huge. Oh yeah. Because that means it can program. Right. And what's going to happen is there's this whole generation of people who have become and or gone to school to become uh, programmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Who've written all this code already, right? And right, like So right. like they've laid the base for AI to just be, oh, we'll take that and we'll take that. And boop, 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 boop. But that is anarchic. Right? Yeah. That's what Bruce Lee did with Jeet Kune Do, right? He just went around and, like, you know, visited all the other martial arts, right? Learned a bit of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then was like, I'm going to make my own. Yeah. And I'm going to take the best parts from all these other arts and then call that mine. Mm-hmm. And that's what AI is doing, just like on a very specific task based basis. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of this is, uh, common to how software development works anyway like the software development world there's this just tremendous amount of here you go i figured this out here you go yep and and it's just the the labor of love side of it has always been this this big part of that world but now it's just ramped up yeah so the the people who have the ability to program because they can think in that way, they will have that that insight for commands that I wouldn't think of because I don't know how to program in that language. Yeah. So it's still going to be useful that they spent the time learning how to how to do that, how to think that way. Yep. But I still have some access to that world when I didn't learn that language. That's amazing. That is right going yeah. to be a sea change in. Yeah. Uh, the um, development of technology. Oh, you know what already exists? Uh, it's uh, uh, language interpretation, mm. like devices, like right. it, the sci-fi ones. Oh, like you just yeah, like wear nice. a thing around your neck and it translates whatever fucking mm-hmm. language somebody's yeah. speaking to. And it, I mean, and yes, it can do like Klingon, right? You know, the, the alien <laughs> languages that aren't real languages, but they are now because somebody decided to take an idea that was fictional and turn it into something real. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucked up, man. But like, that's like, I how many languages have that story? How did this language become? Well, see, it's based on some bad guys in a sci-fi show, and we just made up some bullshit. And somebody's like, well, if that means this and this means that, 
You know, it wasn't enough for a full language, but then the fans themselves built the rest mm-hmm. of the fucking language. So right. now there's a whole, you go buy the Klingon fucking dictionary and shit. Man. Oh, yeah. I did. I did. And I still remember two phrases. Kapla. Well, that's one of them, which is just awesome. <laughs> Means victory, but for Klingons, yeah. that's just awesome. Yeah, you're like, cool. Yeah. Kapla. Kapla. And the other one, uh, it well, it's two phrases, but it basically tells you to fuck off in any situation. Okay. Which is really all you ever need to tell a, a Klingon, for sure. You need to be able to be like, <laughs> fuck yeah! Yeah. Or you need to tell them to fuck right off. And that's, uh, uh I don't know, I don't you. care. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Okay. I don't care. I don't know, don't care. I figure that's all you really need to do is like, oh, okay, you speak Klingon. You can probably punch me in the face. Okay, cool. How do we get into languages? That doesn't matter. Oh, we were talking about AIs. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the, uh, translators from the uh, sci-fi world. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we finally got one of those. I mean, personally, I was hoping for the babblefish. Maybe we'll get there one day. So, I wonder about things, though. You know how, like, uh, uh, Ricky talks? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, he he backs up and he's got to say a whole bunch of lead-in words before you know it takes him five minutes. Like, how does <sighs> this is the problem with language? Like, you and I identify that as like something that would be difficult for somebody trying to understand what he's saying, speaking a different language, standing in front of him. Mm. Because he's basically trying to say, oh, yeah, some soldiers went to war and they died. But he takes, you know, 3,000 words to say it. From what I understand, that's exactly what English, or sorry, what Eastern languages are structured for. Like, they're specifically geared toward having to say a long, long thing before you get to the goddamn point. Oh, that sucks. And uh, apparently there's this, uh, uh, the general trend of the thing is that the the rockier the ter- the terrain, the more to the fucking point the language is. So, like, English, you have to put the thing it's about at the very beginning. Like Right, the, yeah. See, Here's the subject. Right. right. Headline. Whatever. Get to the yeah. fucking point. Right. You, uh, I see you, right, right there. Yeah. See, duck, goose. See, like <laughs> the whole structure of it is that Sorry, you can get right assist. goddamn to it instead of okay. Well, I'm going to alter this with this, and I'm going to alter this with this, and then this will have changed this, and now we'll know what the hell I was talking about in the first place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I because have, what I was hmm. talking about was not nearly as important as the way what I was talking about was doing the thing. <sighs> Yeah, I, I mean, I have my moments. It, sometimes I, I will uh, uh, tell a pre-story before the story, mm-hmm. and that's when I get in trouble. I can't remember <laughs> the second part, right? You know? I'll be like, oh, man, and I'll worst. think of, and, and instead of just saying the main point, just write that in there, I'll be like, well, you see, right? You know, I'll pull a, pull a Ricky a little bit there, <laughs> you know? Well, it all started, and, you know, <laughs> you tell a little backstory, and then you forget about the, the second part of the story, because you're like, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, man. I don't remember. Uh, Yeah, we did the thing a little late. We were doing well into the second part of the show before either of us noticed. I I did finally notice. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, fucking Hollywood has been on strike for quite some time. And you know what? I haven't been affected in any fucking way. I always forget about that. (laughs) Like... I just, I, I, my life has changed not at all. 
thank you, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> what else can I say about, wait, the propaganda machine is like on protest? Yeah, yeah so they ran out of paper in the propaganda machine? They're waiting I mean, for the refill? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> no one, well, the wild thing is, and uh, so here's the thing, like, I like, trying to predict things as well as I can. Okay, all right. But some of this shit... Man, is this Nostropeakless? So, this is... Well, this is the end of Nostropeakless right here, is what, okay. uh, what I'm trying to tell you, is all like, right. people are stopping listening to propaganda. So, things get a lot less predictable in the future. <laughs> uh, I think we are we are about to see... Like a whole bunch of shit happen really fast, whatever it is. Right. Uh, technology, uh, I think, like, a- already prior to, like, I've lived through uh, the personal computer, right? Mm-hmm. I've lived through the early internet. I've lived through the advent, the, the beginning of cell phones, uh, PDAs which were a different device, about the size of a phone, really, that stored all your data, a personal data device, PDA, personal data assistant, I think is what they're called. I lived through those. Then somebody put them together. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, this is way more awesome. We could sell a bunch of these. And then, like, eventually somebody was like, let's add a camera. <laughs> and they were like, yes, let's do that. Now your magic rectangle is just like, it's your everything. You, it's your portal into the digital world. That's that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see and hear and learn and watch and listen and all of that kind of thing, you know, uh, in, in the digital realm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a portal. Yeah. And so I've seen all of that. Uh, and now we've seen AI, cryptocurrency, right? Those are like, how, how when was... Oh, we haven't seen did, those yet. When did Satoshi drop uh, are, the white paper? We are paper? watching the birth. What year did Satoshi drop oh, the white uh, paper? 2009. 2009, okay. And it's 23 now, right? When did AI come out? It's been a couple of years, right? Since it's become popular on the internet, right? Uh, I'm well, going to say... Chat GPT took the world by storm like, what, a year ago? I think so, yeah. So... Uh, what's the math there? How many years in between the advent of crypto and the- 12. Po- 12 years, all right? Yeah. How long between cryptocurrency and the internet? Probably like 30, right? Yeah. <laughs> How long uh, between the internet? What was the, the biggest technology before the internet? Uh, the phone, perhaps? Hmm. Right? Maybe television. Fax machine. How- I'll go further back. I'll go television. Yeah. Right. How long between television and the internet? Right. Oh, okay. I, now I see what you. Now Fifty I see what years, you're... sixty years, something. You know. Yeah. Maybe more. Right. There was TV and like oh, maybe even like the twenties and thirties, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. So maybe a hundred years. Well, since the advent yeah, there of was, TV. Yeah, I I know the technology was de- uh, developed around the turn of the century. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. So, I mean, my shit my too. point is that the time in between the largest uh, uh, life changing technologies is shrinking. They're happening more frequently at more frequent intervals, right? So if you look at you know between the 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 telegraph and the television, super long time, right? Between uh, television and then like video games, 
shorter period of time between video games and cell phones shorter period of time between uh, cell phones and cryptocurrency much shorter period of time mm-hmm. right between uh, cryptocurrency and ai shorter period of time right well, this is what they believe uh, leads to a singularity it well and so we're in the midst of i don't even know what to call it except the churn yeah i can only call it the churn i picked that up off of a science fiction series called nice. the expanse uh, where uh, one of the uh, one of the characters Amos refers to as like sometimes people just get caught up in the churn. This is when uh, your life gets control gets taken out of your own hands. Mm. Somebody else now controls your life in some way, shape, or form. Uh, whether it's blackmail, whether you owe somebody a favor, whether you know you've made an agreement to act in specific, you know that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know some people just they don't take physical can you know conscious control of their lives. They just sort of meander you know they're they're floating down the river of life mm-hmm. right and if they bump into a rock oh i guess i bumped into a rock now i'm dead right you know mm-hmm. they don't really ever take control of their life and climb out of the river right uh and these people are caught up in the churn and so mm-hmm. that's what i think we're in right now we're in this churn of technological information mm-hmm. right uh and yeah sure we are leading to a singularity absolutely but we're going to see some real fucking interesting shit before that happens. Well, I mean, the idea of a singularity being that you see a lot of interesting shit as that happens, too. But, I mean, the... the I'm just enjoying the ride, man. Technology hasn't moved this fast ever yeah. in all of human history. Yeah. So, like, buckle up, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about the churn being a, a loss of control of one's life, right? But if you think about how humanity's been, it's been in the control of the psychopaths. It's it's kind of like, and uh, I think this might be the the final slave rebellion, mm, where nice. humanity finally breaks free, uh, simply by obsoleting the yeah. the force model. Yeah. Yeah. No, the spot on. Dang, give that man a prize. So. Humanity itself is going to be going through this this revolution by mm. having a, a network evolution. of decision making. Evolution. Yes. Yeah. In my opinion. That, no, that's exactly what it is. It's an evolution. Yeah. Uh, where it moves to the network of decision making. And, of course, the network is much, much smarter. Yeah. As it always is. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to... Uh uh, anything repeatable can be automated, right? We touched on that with, mm-hmm. and and that's always been true, right? If if there's a task that humans need to do and it can be automated, uh, you should do so because it's far more efficient mm-hmm. uh, than the other way around. But it hasn't always been possible, mm-hmm. right? So there's a whole bunch of things getting automated right now in the last year, in the last two years, in the next five uh, via... AI, right? That because AI can do things that like humans can't do, like span geographic areas, right? Mm-hmm. If the information you need to find out, let's say we don't know this information, how does you know I don't know this chemical act with that chemical or something? Nobody's ever put them together. They don't know how they act, or how they react. AI has to get the resources together to figure out how to answer that question. Hire so, some people, whatever. In order it is. to find out, you have to fuck around. Something's got to fuck around. Something's got to fuck around. In that combination. Yeah. And so uh, once it's fucked around with once, 
Uh, you know how it reacts now. You you do it a few more times. And to that's make sure the difference between fucking around and science. You science f- is where you fuck around and then write it down. <laughs> you fuck around and find out and then write it down. Because, and then to make sure what you wrote down is true, you fuck, fuck around, around again. again. Yes. And in fact, it's quite necessary for you to fuck around again in order to prove that what, you're, what you observed the first time is or isn't true. Mm-hmm. And then repeat it again. And if it's a repeatable model, that task can now be automated. Right. Mm. So uh, there may have been a task that required geographic diversity. You know, the knowledge for that is in Alaska and the, the other piece of knowledge is in India and the other piece of knowledge is in Taiwan or something. Right. So, you know, and so human beings to get the human beings together to answer that question uh, would have required flying, all of them getting together for a reason. Right. Uh, they would have, you know, had to move to one place or the other place. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, lodging, food, all that kind of stuff. Well, which would mean that they couldn't do the same thing with a different group. Right. Like even at the same time. Right. Right. So like because. Uh, AI can now just ask the questions independently of those guys uh, and, you know, even get them to test it, right? Now, all of a sudden, that cost plummets, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want a 3D printed house, dude. I've seen these fucking things, man. They're fucking amazing. They, They look like a, I don't know, something out of like Space Invaders, the old big clunky looking thing that you <laughs> hid behind to avoid the little bullets coming at you right uh, but it's you know like big i think we haven't even breached uh what we can do with house building technology i know or even like network communication like i mean um oh, what's the the musk uh satellite uh internet what's it called something link starlink star yeah mm-hmm. look at starlink man like that's just i just saw that fucker last night that's just so now like just a viable see, thing apparently if you see just a whole bunch of satellites all in a row apparently that's them oh really You're like, hey starlink and i saw oh. that last night you point your little uh you it know, is your, it is wild point man. your bb gun at it take a shot <laughs> <laughs> Musk can afford it. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> that'd be funny. That's like a that's like a Norman Rockwell painting that never was. So <laughs> 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 a little kid in like suspenders out on the farm with like a BB gun and then like Starlink in mm. the sky. Well and the globalization that we have seen existed for one reason. Every lang- everyone, no matter what their language, speaks money. Speaks math. Mm. Well, so that's the thing. The motivation will always be there yeah. to increase our wealth. Yeah. And because of that, we had, I mean, granted, it's it's been a, a brutal, bloody corporate monster, yeah. but... They did manage to globalize the world and to to make global trade routes a thing. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, historically, you go back and you look at what technology has allowed mankind to build it, generally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, bloody or not, uh, improves. Right. Mankind does have a history of the things that it invents improving mm-hmm. mankind. And so that trend is just going to continue. That motivation has always been there as well. It's That's universal outside of the paradigm of statism. And I mean, this is how like society is different from government, right? Mm -hmm. Because society thinks about things like this, right? Government doesn't think about shit like this. 
<laughs> right? Doesn't think about how is society separate from government? They're like, no, we are society. You're our bitch, and you're going to tell us what to do. That's the attitude of government, right? Spoken or not, right? Yeah. Like, you're probably like, no one well, in government has ever said those words about, like, okay, maybe well, not, but that's how they act. Well, I mean, let's let's imagine, like, let's steel man the opponent here for a second and imagine, like, the, the most idealistic setting of a, a bunch of politicians talking something out, right? Okay, okay well, it sounds to me like... Even in the best of circumstances, what they're trying to do is control people. Like, that's what they want to do. Yep. Even in the best possible situation, if we had fucking angels, yeah. what they would be discussing is how do we control the most amount of people? Right. Well, fuck that. Yeah. It's the wrong question. Yeah. Why are we letting this get asked? Yeah, why are people allowing others to control them in the first fucking place? Right. That's the real question. Why are you, the listener, allowing governments to control what you do and who you are? This is a serious question. <laughs> why are you allowing it? If, if you know that that's... Like, I'll talk to, uh, from time to time, minarchists, right? We'll be like, yeah, you know what? I'm mostly libertarian or whatever, right? Mm. You know, and I'm like, what does that mean? You know, uh, and and it turns out that like if they just get frustrated enough, they'll get violent, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I can identify with as a man who's been frustrated by many times in his life. But mm -hmm. uh, a, a good man is a man who has the ability to be dangerous, but isn't right because he chooses not to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh. Absolutely right. So, yeah, if the system had just the most noble, uh, ethical, and moral people at the helm, mm -hmm. you're still forcing your opinion upon everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that needs to stop. I don't... I. Well, it is that simple. All you need to do is stop forcing your opinion on everybody else. You have to first work on recognizing when well, you're doing it. Well, what if we it. make them think it was their idea? You have to first... You it's know, fine if we do that, right? Recognize when it's happening to you or when you're doing it. You have to catch yourself in the act of, oh, shit, I'm that guy right now, right? Mm. Oh, I, I am saying I my opinion should be forced on others, right? Because sometimes you say some shit as a human, you just exist in the world, and you've said it a bazillion times before. You just never recognized that there was some some opinion forcing going on in, in that equation. And so the ability to recognize when you are actually forcing your opinion on another person or a group of people and just start to think about that and, you, like, look for it in your daily life. You, you're going to find it a lot. I'm sorry to tell you. I mean, I have moments, mostly in yeah. traffic, when uh, I really, really think that we should just start killing people for rudeness. I just... But I know that's insane. That's not going to be healthy or human. That's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. That's the state. That's really exactly what it is, just quick and dirty. Yeah. Instead Com of pretending to be a charity. Computer, replicate me a transporter tube. <laughs> transporter tube appears. We get in it, we transport to wherever the hell we want to go, teleport, whatever, whatever that word is, transduce ourselves. 
from from organic to inorganic and then back to organic on the other end? Well, it would be transport if it's sci-fi and teleport if it's magic. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks for dumbing it down for us. And that's why I like Doctor Who, because <laughs> it's both. Oh, man. Never cruel and never cowardly. And if you ever are, always, always make try amends. to make amends. Yeah. That's, I mean, that alone makes me a Doctor Who fan. Just that phrase that it's in there in the longest running science fiction television series of all time. <laughs> that, that, that phrase comes from there. I'm just like, yes, that's it. I That's, like that you're uh, waving a sonic screwdriver at me right now. <laughs> this one time in an episode of Doctor Who, there were several Doctor Whos because, you know, they're time travelers. They can meet up with each other. And so they do that, and they all point their screwdrivers at, at a thing. And they're like, reverse the polarity. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so they do. And, they're, they're all, and then like one of the doctors looks at the other two and is like, wait, 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 wait. He's reversing it. You're reversing it back. I'm reversing it again. We're confusing the polarity. <laughs> I laughed heartily at that one. It uh, takes a certain a certain nerd level to get the the three three generational uh, Doctor Who sonic screwdriver joke, uh, but <laughs> I'm that guy apparently. So yeah, I laughed pretty heavily at that one. So, but. No, taking the cake is never cruel, never cowardly. If you ever are, always make amends. Love that. Yeah. Like, to me, that sums up uh, voluntarism, right? Well, I think it's more than that, actually. Or, uh, maybe it is. Does it contain so, voluntarism? So, actually, I think this actually uh, this goes beyond uh, morality into aesthetics, Ooh, so define this, aesthetics. Is, this is a director of not what you shouldn't do, right. but what you should do. So now here's the thing. I can demand right. that you don't kill me. Right. I can demand you don't steal from me. And if you refuse my demands, I am, I am correct if I no longer protect you. Hmm. So you can demand that of me and anyone. But I can't demand of you to be... Uh, courageous mm, yeah okay or nice i can appreciate the courage i can surround myself with the people who aren't cowards yeah the people who aren't cruel but that's always cultural you know and there's universals and non-universals so your universal is negative don't hurt people and take their stuff yeah that's that's your universal and then what isn't universal is, well, you know, what do you consider cowardly? Right. What do you consider cruel? You know, I have a pretty high bar for courage, honestly. It's just part of my makeup. Yeah. I like I used to just think I was like just sort of a regular dude, you know, whatever. But like, man, I've done a lot of stuff that people are like, I could never fucking do that. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. Like, I just found myself doing stuff and like people... I, I even moving to New Hampshire for that matter, right? Most mm -hmm. people aren't going to do it, right? Well, <laughs> there's probably there's probably like I don't know three times the number required for the to trigger the move or whatever. What was it twenty thousand 
for the Free State Project? Wasn't that their goal to get 20,000 people? Mm -hmm. There's probably more than 20,000 people out there. There's probably 60,000 people who have thought to themselves, yep, I want to move there because that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Right? But most of them aren't going to move. Yeah. Right? Sadly, it's part of the human condition. Well, and even the moral courage to question what if the biggest gun in the room is not my friend? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a terrifying thought. And let's face it, our mind doesn't like to go to those places. Hey, uh, we have to do something else. But before we do, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Hey, this is Riley. How are you guys? <laughs> hey. Uh, Riley, I'm glad you called, actually. Because uh, oh good, I mean I would have been glad you called at any point, you know, for any reason, of course. Uh, but yeah, dude. But this specific call, I'm glad because we haven't done the thing yet that we usually oh, do the in, in the second half. The <laughs> the amble, the amble. Yeah, we the did amble. the preamble earlier, and oh, I know you know the amble. Good. And I just, would, are you willing to try and do it with us on the phone here tonight? Yes, I am. Let's see if we can do this. All right. Uh, so here we go. The amble. Shit. Yeah. Piss, piss, fuck, fuck cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Uh, all right, close enough. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're on Beard Talk Live, Riley. What's on your mind? So I wanted to talk about, you guys are talking about Liberty a lot and you know, moving to New Hampshire. And it seems like there have been a lot of people that have moved to New Hampshire for a little while for you know, Liberty, but move away. Yeah. Because, for whatever reason, and to sure. me, it's, speaking it's really of cowards, because, because, some of them have come back though. Yeah, they're not mean, cowards. If you if you value freedom and you value this movement, why not say and keep supporting it? Why do you have to go elsewhere? I mean, this is if we can really work together, perhaps we can get liberty in our lifetime, or or perhaps we can just set up our parallel systems and have the government stop or or stop complying with the government. Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly how it starts, right? Um, and and it exists to to an extent here, right? There there is a sort of a a network of people who are of the like mind, and uh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you you got to ask yourself one question: Do you think that the best chance for this involves physical proximity of people with this belief? It's really as simple as that. Now, I believe right. that the yeah. way that humans are, yeah. our, our biological and physical and psychological makeup means that being in physical proximity with each other is going to be way more effective than being dispersed throughout the world. Now, if you that know, is so, thing... then, man, I don't know anywhere that's got more of us. So where do you have a yeah. better chance to do that? That's a good question. One thing I've really noticed, though, is libertarians are great at individuality, and that's not a problem. My concern is if we get so great at individuality, we forget that we are also social beings and we also need to work together as community. Oh, yeah. And yeah. support each other connecting to our individual selves because that's a tough journey because it involves a lot of work. I mean, I've, I've been doing the plant medicine journeys with ayahuasca and mushrooms and cannabis and things like that and yeah. you know that kind of work really begins exposing you to a lot of your inner wounds and mm -hmm. 
you know, when you start working with people who are just individuals and they forget, hey, we got to support each other in this process. We got to be able to learn how to see each other and know that as we explore our individuality, it's going to be a messy process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I do like is when you see moments of people coming together. Now, uh, absolutely, more people here in New Hampshire know who I am, at least within the the voluntarist community. Uh, the larger, just because I'm on the show uh, or the free talk live and that kind of thing. And so, but I've met a whole bunch of people. And what I like is from time to time, something will happen and the whole community will come together, or at least people you haven't seen in a really long time that, you know, have crossed your path at some point, you know, they're free staters or whatever, or involved with the, the community. And they all just come together at right? the last uh, uh, time that like really had an impact on me, of course, was during uh, Ian Freeman's trial. And so many people right. showed up outside the courthouse, man, and that, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a, it's almost like a family reunion of sorts, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a whole bunch of people who know each other, but they maybe don't act or interact daily, but they all know who each other are and, you know, sort of whereabouts they live. And maybe they've traded with them or bartered or something like that, you know, that type of a thing. Or somebody's recommended somebody to them. Like, it is a network of people. It is a community of people. Who know other people and so you rely on like referrals and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh when it comes to you know oh hey does anybody know how to you know i don't know, change my brakes or something you know uh that kind now, of a thing i i will say that the world ahead of us i think involves uh, a lot of travel i think a lot of us will be popping in and out because we're we are as a species about to become incredibly wealthy i mean the state has essentially suppressed almost all all of our wealth so far, and that is basically not going to work anywhere near as well as it used to, because of uh, the technology level that we've reached. Well, hopefully, is starting it won't work to, at all. to uh, reverberate and like uh, stack on itself so fast yeah. that we're all going to be able to afford things like, hey, I've never seen this place. I'd like to see it. Hopefully, you know, hopefully people start realizing the potential of cryptocurrency and say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's, like, just, well, that's, that's one of the things is that you have AI and cryptocurrency, right. which are, are, are perfectly integratable yeah. uh, at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to be one of the big, one of the big uh, yeah, okay. you're, friction reducers. You're a robot and you're looking for a way to trade value with other robots to accomplish whatever it is you've been set out to do. Because right? that's the bit about it. They have to be set out to go mm-hmm. do a thing. So now the robots want to figure out how to trade with other robots, right? So uh, are they going to go and look at, oh, I don't know, the United States dollar, right? <laughs> figure out how to open a bank account as a robot, right? You know, <laughs> they're faking some IDs or something, or they're fooling the system into opening one for them somehow, right? Or are they just going to adopt the open source, borderless, neutral, uh, you know, monetary value system that is cryptocurrency. Hmm. Mm. I wonder because uh, unlike state-based currency, cryptocurrency can be owned and exchanged by non-humans. Exactly. I mean, we can program AIs to exchange Ethereum or Litecoin or Dogecoin. Well, and it just works. I mean. It is going to be more effective for them. But come to think of it, who's to say that they haven't already? 
Mm. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Bank of America, I think. One of the big guys just got caught uh, and had to pay a, uh, well, big for you and me, but nothing fine. Mm. Maybe it was Wells Fargo again. They've been fucking up left and right. Was it $350,000? It, not that stupid. It was. It was something. I heard in the one million, of, it was like JP like, Morgan Chase oh got fined like right? three hundred. I'm like, really? That's, wow. That's like why a, not yeah, find them one penny? Yeah, just to really. JP Morgan Chase in. probably walks down the sidewalk and finds that, <laughs> right? Like that's a penny yeah. to them. Yeah, but uh, so they got fined for opening up all, all these dummy accounts, right? Yep. Well. Who's to say that there's not some AI somewhere that went, oh, um, yeah, I, I know how to get your password and get in, and now this is my account. And it's just, I mean, how would you even know? How would any of them even check that? Yeah. What, are they going to, like, have a list of exactly which uh, dummy accounts they made? No, no one keeps track of that. Yeah. There's going to be some somewhere. So for all I know, there is an, and who knows how many of them, uh, AI is running bank accounts. But the fact of the matter is that even if that's already available to them, this is going to be infinitely more effective. Let's hope so. Oh, that's that's the easy part. Uh, this isn't a resistible technology. Yeah, I was going to say that earlier uh, when Riley commented that um, I've come to the conclusion, or at least the belief, I don't know that facts support my conclusion, uh, but I've I've uh, did arrive at this conclusion. I have a, ro- a rove isn't a word. I just made that up. Actually, I made it up a long time ago. I keep using it. A rove at this conclusion, <laughs> and that conclusion is that <laughs> cryptocurrency is the honey bear. It doesn't even matter what people do. People can just ignore it, and it would still fucking it would still become. It it can't help itself. It mm-hmm. solves so many value exchange problems for human beings, and it already exists. It's too late. Cat's out of the bag. Human beings could completely ignore it, and it would still become uh, the major network that we use uh, and language, if you will, to transmit value. It's it's just too late. It's going to happen. We don't really need to worry about it too much. We just need to position ourselves uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some technologies simply can't be resisted. Yeah. I mean, do you think that when the printing press was uh, was made that it was just, oh, well, we, we can just not do What that. do we need the printing press for? We can just tell each other stories. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. We'll just, you know, have the local <laughs> monk write it down. Whole book after whole book. Yeah, and the monks invented that shit because they got tired of carrying around, like, stone tablets. <laughs> they ever they had to move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, the the uh, what is called AI is also one of those technologies that is completely irresistible. Yeah, yeah, it's like TV, it's like cell phones, it's like yeah. the internet, it's like apps, it's like yeah, all that shit. Now, what's different than say television, for example? Television was the perfect weapon of control. Yeah, I mean, you want you want absolute uh, like hypnotic effects. On your population, we while you the tell them automatons. the story of what is going on in the world in a uh, a, a centrally controlled broadcast way, ah oh, man, yeah. that is a perfect Television. technology of control. And oh my, give them a box. It's gonna tell them everything we want them to know. We'll just no, pretend. No, tell them everything, everything they want us to think. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. Like, they don't want us to know everything. Like, they want them to know more than we do, of course. So they're not going to use that, like, as an educational tool. Uh, They will, only to say that they're doing it. But most of it's going to be mindless automaton programming. You have sat your children in front of the instant babysitter. Welcome to an entire generation of mindless automatons. So here's some fucked up shit. The cathode ray tube was discovered. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, you know, here we are embracing sucked up shit, you know, from the <laughs> 50s onward. And yeah, well, yeah, you know, man. The, the television, the television, I mean, does have its advantages, but it also has a fucked up society because everyone's become dependent on this fucking screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's to it's, dic- yeah, it, it should dictate to them what should happen. And we should all believe what's on the fucking screen of our phones, of our televisions, of, of whatever, because this is how the world should work. Well, at least with the phone, I get to go looking for the information instead of it just coming at me. Yeah, I right. I prefer that. Uh, the, the television, the evil of television, in my opinion, or at least the most evil part of it, is that it's hypnotic. It hypnotizes you. Like, it's on in the background, just like people get home from work, they walk in, TV on, right? Then they put down their keys. Then they, you know, whatever it is they're going to do after that, right? And the TV just stays on, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People yeah. fall asleep watching their TV. I used to fall asleep watching the TV. And I wonder all the time, like, man, what did all that sleeping with the TV on do to me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did it accelerate my learning curve? Perhaps. I don't think it was helpful, though. I, I think it was probably more harmful. I have stopped doing that, and I've become a better person since then. Mm. I've also killed my television in that I now only seek to watch things on purpose. Right. All right. I seek out, like you're saying, I seek it out instead of allowing this thing to feed me mm. and, and being a slave to it. It used to be if a television show came on at Wednesday night at 8 p.m., you had to figure out how the fuck to get home at Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to see that fucking show. And if you were late or couldn't make, you just missed it. You didn't get to watch it again later, maybe a decade later or 15 years later, maybe. You know what the modern version of just being fed, though? Scrolling. Because when you scroll, the algorithm feeds you and you are no longer looking for anything. You're just passively receiving dangerous parts of the world. Yeah, that's true. You know, part of me wants to cut myself off from society, but then there's no. a part of me that says, no, it's not healthy. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a balance, right? You just have to yeah. strike your own personal balance. And, and it's kind of like anything else. Like, to me, it's a tool, right? What are you using the tool for, right? Uh, what are your motives, right? If I'm using social media to, uh, I don't know, you know, advertise my music, uh, talk about freedom, you know, uh, advertise this show and uh, Free Talk Live as well, um, then I think that my motives are okay. All right? But if I'm using it because, like, oh, man, I just need something to numb the brain, like a drug, yeah. I, I, the difference between an addict and a normal person is that uh, the addict is under control of the thing. Right. So the question you have to ask yourself, and I'm not necessarily talking to you, Riley, but the listeners, at least question you have to ask yourself is, am I in control of it or is it in control of me? 
anybody who's ever quit cigarettes knows what I'm talking about. The cigarettes were in control of you. You were not in control of it. And the reason you quit and were able to stay quit is because you decided to take that control back. And the same thing, I think, is true about technology. If You have to have the ability to set it down for a period of time, not permanently. right? I think uh, the evolution of humans is dependent upon us all communicating very quickly. Uh, and if we can be entertained in the meantime, why wouldn't we be? Right. I've gotten I've derived endless amounts of entertainment from the Internet. Uh, and I am very thankful. I have my entire living, really, uh, my success as a person and, you know, the ability to feed myself, clothe myself, house myself, cart myself around, uh, do some enjoyable things like concerts and be in bands and all that kind of stuff. I can directly attribute to the Internet. If it wasn't for the internet, I have no idea what I've got, what I would have gone on to do. But technology itself is where I've been employed for as long as I fucking remember. Be quite honest, uh, at least since uh, the mid '90s, if not before. So, like, I get it. Yeah, scrolling is like everybody's. Oh my gosh, it's you know, just it's like anything else. It's a tool, man. It's how you use it. You have to police yourself. You're the only one who's going to know what the right amount of usage mm-hmm. for you is with these kinds of things. If you start feeling like, you know, if you're like, man, where did my day go? I was on my phone for just five minutes and like it's tomorrow or something like if you find moments <laughs> like that, maybe yeah. you need to take a break for a minute or just think about, you know, put some self-constraint on yourself. But that's up to you. You know, the worst one for yeah. that for me, TV tropes. What do you mean? Uh, TVTropes.com. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, man. I see. Eats a whole day. <laughs> I can I can scroll through and see uh, all of the Liberty stuff all of the time. Um, it occurred to me once, too. I'm like, am I self-propagandizing? <laughs> you know? Am I set out to consume all of the Liberty Media, Liberty media that I can? And so I, I backed off. Right, because I was like, mm, you know, I just strike a balance. But it's like, uh, like a hammer, man. I always say a hammer can be used to uh, bash somebody's skull in, or it can be used to build a fucking house. Mm-hmm. Which do you choose to use it for? That's all. That's all AI is. That's all the internet is. That's all cryptocurrency is. It's just a tool. Are you going to use it for good yeah. or for awesome? Well, I do think that there are certain ideas that are encoded in different tools, though. So, like, uh, consider like a hacksaw. Well, well, <laughs> thank you, horror films. <laughs> no, like, uh, consider a train versus a car. Now, uh, a train is an essentially collectivist technology. Like, you needed a, a a centralization in order to create the system that creates a train. You're going to use that train with a whole bunch of other people. You need uh, their uh, efforts and consent and all of that in order for this to work. It's a collectivist technology. Sure. Whereas a car, by its nature, is an individualist technology. You get in a car, you can go halfway across the country with no one's permission and do your own thing. Right. So part of what destroyed the Soviet Union was that they allowed the people to have cars. And it's a very empowering technology and a fundamentally individualistic one. So now they have a civilization that is individualistic, at least in its own way. So uh, a technology really can hold an idea and, and propagate it. And I think that the 
the technology of cryptocurrency propagates uh, voluntarism. Agreed. Yes. Anarchism for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, tomato, tomato. Yeah. The, it, it propagates peaceful interaction. It is the the evidence, right? Anarchy will never work. It's never been tried. Oh, it has. There it is. It's, it's, it's being tried right now. <laughs> Not only is it being tried, right it's one of the most successful technologies. Like Anarchy yeah. has never worked. Well, my favorite is 29,000 right now. <laughs> But I got real big hopes for this one that's uh, hovering around 160. Uh, the Bitcoin symbol should be circle A. Right? <laughs> maybe not maybe not Bitcoin specifically, but like one of, like a you know. Uh, but it, it's provable anarchy. It's mathematical evidence that anarchy works. Mm-hmm. That individual like like individuals can exchange value with each other without being violent. Yeah. What a wonderful wonderful idea. Right? Riley? I think the sooner people realize that, you know, we can't rely on someone else to tell us how to live. We can't rely on a so-called prophet or a so-called apostle or a so-called pastor or a so-called priest or a so-called pope or a so-called government. Yep. The sooner we realize we don't need these people is, is the moment we take back our spiritual sovereignty, our physical sovereignty, and our mental sovereignty. Bam. Riley just dropping bombs on us, man. I mean, the good guy. <laughs> I was just thinking about like uh, what the the free market world would look like in terms of uh, churches and universities. Because, I mean, basically what you've got there is you're still going to have like, uh, but it would be a distributed version, I think, uh, uh, a patronage system. Now, right now, we have a forcible patronage system for uh, the the universities, but at any rate, you end up with a person who is paid to think and to know things. Mm-hmm. I drink and I know things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a t-shirt that said that, or somebody did. No, I didn't have one. But uh, uh, it, I think all of the old institutions are going away. I think universities right. like all oh, this, this Harvard and MIT, you know, it's like, no, I mean, they might be around, maybe a historical society will keep some of this stuff around and, you know, keep the buildings. You know, oh, this is where we're, but like by and large, knowledge is just going to be transmitted, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you want to learn something, you can, there'll be people who are willing to teach you for a fee or whatever, Yeah, you know? Well, and that's one of the big changes that's happening now. So, uh, Elon is trying to catch up to Noster by making Twitter also a way of exchanging money. Right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if PayPal ends up trying to get into a social media game at this point <laughs> because it, it, it's it's an obvious thing that mm. these are di- these are just different kinds of social networks. Yeah. I mean, value transmission is social activity. Yeah. So, of course, a system that combines your ability to negotiate contracts with your ability to pay those contracts is going to have an advantage. Yeah, if somebody could clone eBay and just uh, implement cryptocurrency on that website Mm. and put that out in the wild. Oh, that's a thought. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously we can do things like uh, uh, file storage or uh, computation, uh, through cryptocurrencies, so 
there might very well was be the, a way of doing uh, that. A, a decentralized road? autonomous organization for eBay. Yeah. Ooh, Daobe. Yeah. <laughs> D-A-O-E. Daobe. Daobe. Something. Yeah, that's a weird word. Um, I'm surprised. Some, like, I know, like, we know the Silk Road on the dark web mm-hmm. was basically an eBay clone with cryptocurrency, right? Mm. So, like, that code has to exist, mm. right? And and I'm I'm guessing either somebody good at code or somebody like with an AI that can decipher the code can get the code, mm-hmm. and then you can make it open source or at least recreate it in such a way that you're not violating, you know, whoever's copyright or whatever, co- you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, AI now implement cryptocurrency, right? You know, and the AI goes, oh, let me figure out how to do that, and then it goes, hey, Captain, we did that, and I go, <laughs> thanks, AI, and they go, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. Minions, yeah. that's well, what I need. I have so many ideas. And- I need minions to like implement them. <laughs> and if I can just go and if I can just go, hey AI, I have this idea and I want to do this. Can you make that happen? Well, and that's basically the, the the idea is that AI is free minions. So you can do So the fun thing about having an eBay clone that was through a blockchain is that uh you can't just like take that offline ever what if an ai uh that's uh, invented in the future uh goes through the beard talk live archives and hears me ask ai hey invent this ebay clone with cryptocurrency and then it does it we'll find out that'd be sweet that would be that would be sweet <laughs> but I would be surprised if it happened. Yeah. God helps those who help themselves, don't you know? Fact. Yeah, luck favors the prepared. Mm-hmm. So mm. if you prepare as if you were going to be successful at a thing, mm-hmm. uh, your odds of getting lucky enough to be successful at that thing increase. He who successfully prepares, prepares for success. That is a fact, Jack. Yep, this is the point. You know, yep, go ahead, Riley. I, I just find it interesting that, you know, we live in a time where Christianity is dying, organized religion is dying, and these people are fucking terrified. Mm. You know, why would I would actually it? say yeah. that uh, the, the death of, uh, of organized religion will be the only thing that saves the life of Christianity. Why do you say that? Oh, man. Christianity doesn't fucking work with that. I mean, the fact that it's gone on this long is kind of a miracle if you think about it. Okay, so, well, well, hold on. So uh, imagine for a moment, okay, so even Judaism is founded on the idea of leaving Egypt. The first commandment starts with, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So like the whole thing is a slave rebellion based thing. And Christianity is no different. It's a slave rebellion, in this case, specifically against the Roman Empire. I mean, he got put mm-hmm. to death for being a king under the Roman right. Empire. Right, They're like, right. fuck you. We decide who's king and who's not. And we're the emperor. So so he gets put to death for it. So the idea that this is being administered by Rome or a Rome-like structure is kind of I mean, it's a contradiction in its fundament. It's amazing that it's limped along this long. But to have a a competing version that isn't founded in imperialism, in the corporate structure, 
in the hierarchy, which frankly, hierarchy has no place in spirituality. That's the thing that makes spirituality different. Is that I, everyone yeah. has access to what's what's good and God and true and whatever. I have to ask, you said fundament, and that sounds like it's it's a mint and it's fun. It's fundament. <laughs> Just I couldn't get that out of my head. <laughs> I, I was like I had this like commercial for fundament just rolling in my head while you're giving that explanation. Um uh, there are Christians who claim and have made valid arguments uh, that say that the faith of Christianity and anarchy are compatible. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, so here's the thing. The the way that Christianity is most often practiced is uh, a corporate Roman Empire-style model of things. It's a, a top-down hierarchy. Now, Christianity as it was originally practiced— was a network. It was among peers, among equals. I mean, uh, Jesus literally calls these people brother. Like, not my son. He doesn't say these are my children. Yeah. He says these are my brothers and right. my sisters and my mother. Like, it, well, man, it's it's well, founded on the idea of peerhood. Sorry, go ahead. Mormonism tries to call brother, each other brother and sister because, you know, we're all spiritual brothers and sisters, but at the same time, we still have a top-down hierarchical structure where you got to follow the prophet. Yeah, that's called hypocritic bullshit. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's hypocrisy in well, almost every religion. Uh, I haven't studied Buddhism, so I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been exposed to multiple versions of Christianity, and I'm like— I, really, you guys all think that your specific version of this is the most correct one? Like, it, and they're only arguing about like I don't know the shape of the pews in the church, or so I don't know what the, mm. these different, you know, what's the difference between or the, which books are well, what, yeah, books like Lutheranism versus the United Church of Christ. It's like, come on, guys, that's pretty much the same fucking thing. Well, well, so the difference is who's leading them, fundamentally. No. Like, that's why there's all these schisms, Fundament. for the most part. <laughs> Tonight's episode of Beard Talk Live has been brought to you by Fundament. <laughs> it's mint. It's fun. Well, it's Fundament. What's the difference between <laughs> Shia and Sunni? Well, I mean, they've got all these doctrinal differences, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that okay. episode of, of Star Trek, the original series, with the, the half-black guy and the half-white guy. And he's fighting with the he's half black white on the right guy, side and white on the left half side. Half white guy, half black. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's and then you're like, oh, and you don't notice because you know you're blind and yeah, because it's not the kind of bigotry you're used to. I uh, it's uh, it's time for us to go, Riley. Thank you so much for the call, man. Have a great yeah, night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to since we're talking about religion. Oh. I, uh, uh, I want to, okay, you got something else? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I just wanted to let everyone know that there will finally be a Dash address on this one, and you should totally send some cryptocurrency to our public addresses in the description. And or buy a shirt off Amazon. The link will also be in the description because I just put it there tonight. All right. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about religion. Uh, I I know, or at least knew. I don't really know him. I knew him at one point. I recorded one of his bands, the singer, and now it's like I don't know, thirty years later or whatever. And he put out something. Uh, this is a a band called Die Hardcore, but it's spelled C O R P S. <laughs> it's all one word. The song is called uh, Punching God in the Face. Thanks for listening to Beer Talk Live. Peace. <laughs>